0: Hey guys, this is Bruce. Welcome to the Combo Courses Live podcast. You can ask me any question that you have about cybersecurity. This is open topics, but I'm going to start this one off by congratulating somebody who just went to the Army as a, a C, a C a 17 Charlie Cybersecurity Operations Professional. Um, and they said some months ago, let me actually let me show you my screen here for those of you who are watching me. He said, okay, let me make this bigger here. So let me see. This is based off of a video I did a while ago about military cybersecurity into civilian cybersecurity transition. And they were talking about that they just joined the Army as a 17 Charlie. That's a cybersecurity operations specialist some months ago, nearly done with BASIC. Congrats about to get into ait i'm not sure what the army i don't know what that means <laughs> i guess that's like actual training after basic training i think maybe um or advanced training i don't know advanced it i don't know can't wait to start my journey and learn as much as possible i'm 18 year uh i'm 18 graduated uh, a year ago wow that's congratulations man you're you're gonna be on an incredible journey um I was in the military and um and uh, it, it uh it served me well um you're going to learn some really valuable stuff not just like not just the basics of it they teach you all the basics of it but another thing is they're going to give you hands-on and that stuff is it's very very valuable to learn that to have that hands-on training i had no idea how valuable that was until i got out of the military It just makes you absolutely prepared more than most people when you get out um, you you will be beyond most people when you get out of the military because that training that they give you they give you a good foundation but that's not that's just the icing on the cake like the cake is the actual on the job training that you get when you're actually in the military they just start Training the heck out of you, and you're actually doing the stuff, like you're doing real world stuff um, with sometimes millions of dollars worth of equipment. Sometimes weapons; it's very serious weapon systems. You'll be working with all that stuff, and once you get this this broad actual hands on experience, you can just go to just about anywhere, and you can not only fit in but excel there. It'll just be easy for you. You'll just you just know what to do because you'll have all that experience. So congratulations on that. Another thing I would say uh, to anybody going into the military is um, is that there's a lot of benefits that that you don't you take for granted, especially younger people that they take for granted. One of them is um, I'll say my top three was the education benefits, travel in the world, and then they've got these benefits they don't really talk about a lot. You'll hear old heads talking about it, but one of the biggest ones is that they have um, a loan, a housing loan, especially for veterans. So I can't tell you how valuable that is. I mean, I can't I can't express to you how how valuable that freaking VA loan is. Um, but let me just go down the list. So the the very first thing is your on the job training, right? Your on the job training is amazing another thing is you get to travel the world so oh man take advantage of it so whenever you get to a lot of people don't like they just want to stay in the in the u.s but if you get the the opportunity to travel to another country any country just about any country will do and you go to if you go to uh middle east for example you might you may not fit in with the culture or whatever but the perspective. Of, of seeing this, of this old culture that's been there long generations and generations before you were, you know, conceived of. And they have this wealth of wisdom that they have. If you respect their culture, you learn so much about your own culture, you know, is what I, what I saw. So that get, it increases your worldview and makes it so that you really appreciate what you have I mean, that, that was my experience. I went to Afghanistan, and that was the first time I'd seen extreme poverty. And I grew up very poor, but seeing, like, how poor people are in the rest of the world really made me f- realize how blessed I was coming from uh, the United States. Um, I had no idea. I had no idea it was that bad, you know. And, and it's one thing for people to say. Oh, it's really bad in some countries, right? But it's another thing to see it and live it. When you see it, um, it really puts perspective. You, as no matter how poor you are, you think you are in the U.S., you are wealthy compared to some people in the U.S. Um, another perspective it gives you is that the U.S. is, is not the best. <laughs> I know that's a shock to some people, but you've kind of been brainwashed to be, I like, it's the best in this, the best in this. It's the best I'd say when opportunity wise. Like it has the best opportunities for business or jobs and stuff. I would say hands down it's kill it kicks ass in that area. But it's not the smartest people. <laughs> it's not the most fit people. It's not the smartest people I've seen. It's it's not the it's not the best healthcare um system. It's not like you see a lot of holes that we that the US has that other countries don't have a problem with. And so it just gives you a perspective, a balance, like wow. And as a human being, it helps you to realize that hum- humanity is so much bigger than your your little, you know, what you've been what you've been brought up around. So that world perspective is so amazing. Like it makes you more mature. Um, another thing is the make sure you take full advantage of the education experience because the education, um, I mean the education benefits because you're gonna get free tuition. You're gonna get. Uh, you can get free certifications. Sometimes they'll send you to like a ten thousand dollar boot camp. I mean, there's so much stuff. But a lot of military folks, especially the Army and the Marines, don't really take advantage of it. And you should really take full advantage of that. And as that, as a matter of fact, even just going through all your courses, your basic, your AIT, all that stuff. All that stuff gives you credits. And when you get out, you can apply those towards an associate's degree and get out with at least an associate's degree. So um, get your certifications when you're in, get your degree when you're in, even if it takes you the whole three, four years that you're in. Like take you could just take classes a little bit at a time. You can even take a Dante's or Clep course where you just take a you just take a test. And then they'll give you a college credits and then those build up to a degree. Do, there's no excuse for you not to have a degree when you get out of the military. There's there's no excuse. Um, I I did it and I had I was working 16 hour days. I had a kid and I and I was going to school like if I can do it, you can do it. So, yeah. And then the other thing, what else did I say? Uh, um, The last thing is housing. Like they don't, won't talk to you about this. And you won't care about it because you're if you you are younger, but when you get out, you're gonna want a house, right? And uh the loans on the outside of the military from the bank suck. <laughs> they freaking suck compared to what's called a VA loan. If you're a veteran, if you've been in the military, you get something called a VA loan. And that loan is amazing. I mean, they pay your, your upfront cost their fees when you're actually, there's a bunch of fees when you're actually getting uh, a loan for a house. FHA loan, you're going to pay a bunch of money up front. You're going to pay a bunch of money with all these other kinds of loans, conventional loans. But with the VA loan, holy crap, no down payment at all. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> so yeah, there's no down payment. That That is an amazing... So those those are the three things I, I think affected my life quite a bit, or three or four things um, as a military person, um, getting out and doing and doing IT stuff. All right. So I got some people joining me here on TikTok. Thanks, guys, for, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Let me answer some questions, interact with the community here. Um, let me see. Somebody says, I love flipper zero. I haven't had an opportunity to to mess with that yet. Uh 15 push ups straight. Come on, man. You can do 15 push ups, brother. Um, somebody said yes, it's different. Well, when you go overseas and you see like extreme poverty, it's different, man. It's not the same. Is like we have poverty here. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but holy crap. When you can see people literally starving, um, there's nothing like that. We don't have we don't have that here. We we have much less of that here. I should say we have it here, but much, much less like you can literally see stuff like little kids on the streets and stuff like it's different, man. It's different. Like it's it gives you a real perspective on um, the state of humanity And you want you just want better for people, human beings. You know what I mean? So um, let me see. Somebody asked me, Grego said, do you recommend year up for do you recommend year up for cybersecurity? I don't. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Could you rephrase your question? Do you recommend a year up for cybersecurity? I don't understand. Yeah, rephrase that question. I'm not sure. Cybersecurity is a high paying career. Certifications are everything. Um, it's definitely, I agree with that and experience. Um, I agree with that. I would say there's a hierarchy. I would say, in my opinion, it goes experience, then degree, then certifications. Can you do it without a, a degree? Yes. Can you do it without a certification? Yes. Can you do it without experience? You can, but it's going to be much, much harder and you're going to have to start from rock bottom with no experience because you got to get the experience and that's you know, somebody's got to take a chance with you. And then and and then you're, you're doing field tech work or help desk work, making like fifteen dollars, twelve dollars an hour, um, twenty dollars an hour, something like that. And they're teaching you on the job. So with no experience, it's much harder, I would say. But the top the top thing you want to get is that experience, first and foremost. That's just my two cents on it. Um, let me see. Thoughts on a MIS as a master's in information s- systems or information security, information systems. Um, a thoughts on a master's degree in information systems. I'm getting a BS in MIS currently. And what is MIS? What is, can you, what is that? You're getting a bachelor's degree in MIS. Jay, Jay Beckman, what is that? Management Information Systems. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. Management Information Systems is awesome, and and I'll tell you why. So when you get in this, when you are out in the field, uh, you're trying to get a job, contracting job um, in the private sector, whatever, most organizations are not looking for whether you went to Harvard and you have a cybersecurity bachelor's degree. What they want to know is what they want to know is if you have experience for number one, uh, and number two, your as far as your degree, they want to know is it's at it from an accredited college, and they want to know that you have some sort of a technical background because thinking technically is is much different from from some of the other um, curriculums out there. Because uh, it can get pretty deep. So what they're looking for is you to have STEM, that's science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So if you have one of those degrees, then you're actually good, especially a bachelor's degree. On, But on top of that, what I would add is if you have a degree, any degree in computers is preferable because. Um, I'm speaking from somebody who's been, of course, hired. In these organizations and also somebody who's done the hiring i've been on the staff that has to wade through all of the the um resumes and then do the interview with people and there's certain things that they're that they're wanting us to look for right and number one when we're prepping when we're actually doing the interviews with you got you know people people who are new or whatever what you're doing is you're looking through the description what we need and then sometimes i'm the guy that's going to be working alongside of you so i'm like there's certain things i want you to know right so i'm gonna be like writing those things in there that said your degree is kind of like okay i just want to know that you're technical like can you is this person going to be a good fit in our organization is this person good at following instructions, taking instructions? Is this person teachable? Can this per- Because no matter how much knowledge you think you have, uh, no matter where you think you are in your career, you still have to learn when you come in. You know what I'm saying? Because when you come in, there's certain things that we do differently that you probably didn't do at your other organization. And it's crazy to get somebody in who thinks they know everything But they're they're not willing to, they want to try to do everything the DOD way, but you work, you're working in DEA or whatever, you know, Department of Energy or whatever it is. And every organization you go to does things slightly different. But as far as the degree, accredited college, computer degree, and if STEM, I'm speaking from experience. A lot of my coworkers didn't have a computer degree. Like I had, I, I worked with people who had a double E. Which is an electrical engineering degree, and they just had a background in IT, so they had back they knew how to fix routers or whatever, but they had they didn't have a cybersecurity or, a, or a computer science degree. You know what I mean? So MIS, that's good, that fits. All right, I got some more questions here. I'll kind of, I'm going to try to do a speed run through some of these questions. Try to keep up with you guys on, on TikTok. Okay, where should I go, into what should I get into after IT auditing? So you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're an auditor or somebody who conducts assessments on organizations and you're trying to level up from there. Is that your question? I'm assuming that's what your question is. Um, where should you go after IT auditing? Um, you can either expand your career and stay in IT auditing or security control assessor work. They get paid really well. If you go into the DOD and the financial sector, those two, global security, financial sector, contracted Lockheed Martin, Ray, Raytheon, Lockheed um north of grumman all those are always looking for what's called a security control assessor you need to put that on your resume and then um the financial sector they're always looking for auditors man so if, especially if you have a cisa or something like that but other things you, with places you can branch off into you can do what i do which is um which is NIST 800 you can do security control um security control implementation type stuff You can do security um, compliance type stuff, like that's what I do. That's GRC type stuff, because an auditor is going to know like what how to match a system with different frameworks. So you can go into implementation as a server guy or a hardware guy, whatever. You can go into security compliance, doing all kinds of different security frameworks. You can go into like from an auditor, you can go many different directions because you're kind of a centerpiece, like. An auditor is having to look at how controls are put in place, so like you, you're kind of in the middle of a lot of different things. So you can go in many different directions. But where should you go? My advice would be go to where the money is. Whoever's going to pay you the most. What's a good entry level salary? Um, the, it depends. Entry level is a very, um, a very broad term, and I know <laughs> not as sounds. But, but hear me out. So entry level doesn't necessarily mean that you have zero experience. Normally, when you go on Indeed and you're looking for those jobs or Dice or whatever, Monster or whatever, they're looking for somebody with two or three years of experience. And they'll say it's entry level, but they're saying, but you have to come in with a year of experience. I don't know why they do that, but um, you can find jobs. So I'll describe two different ones. OK, one is you have no experience. You have a security plus you have zero experience. You used to work in health. You used to work in healthcare or something. You were a CNA or whatever. Right. You you want to get into cybersecurity or I.T. Any job you can get your if, if that's the case, you have zero experience. Any job you can get your foot in the door is good. Right. You, just any job you can get your foot in the door. But where, uh, traditionally, what you want is somebody who's going to uh, allow you to have a lot of hands on. And not necessarily just on the phone and walking people through stuff, but something where you're there and you're doing hands-on, you're working directly with the company, you're going into the office, you're fixing things like that. Like any kind of like real hands-on type training type stuff you want to do if you have zero experience. Um, And now if you have some experience, right, which is what the employers, when they're thinking – Entry level, they're usually thinking, okay, this person has six months of experience. This person has a year of experience. Most of them, that's what they think when they say entry level. Now, if that's the case, I would say go where the money is. Go where who's going to pay you the most and where you can grow with that organization. Grow as in that you're going to get exposure to more cybersecurity tools. You're going to get more exposure to networking tools or whatever, you, whatever uh, branch of IT stuff you're going to get into. So that's, that would be what I would say. Somebody said $20 to $25 an hour. That would be pretty good for, for actual, absolute beginner entry level with no experience. Yeah, that's really good, actually, for that. Um, Everybody tap them up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, let me see. I'm just looking through pen testing, maybe. Oh, somebody said from it auditing he suggested drew jones suggested going into pen testing that wouldn't be a bad choice either it kind of depends on what you want to do back to the suggestions on the it auditing person it depends on what you want to do if you want to be kind of more hands-off and more management stuff you can go into the management side of the house you can go into the policy side of the house If you want more hands-on and like want to dive in there and you just want to get as much hands-on as possible and mess around with all kinds of tools, then pen testing would be perfect for you. You know, now you're probably going to have to sharpen up your skills if you don't already have them. Like maybe as an auditor, you already have the pen testing stuff down. Like you've already messed with Kali Linux. You've already messed with scanning tools. You've already messed with Nmap or whatever. Then, yeah, man, pen testing, penetration testing will be perfect for you. As an auditor, that means you already know how to do the reporting stuff. you already know what to look for. Yeah, you'd be perfect as a pen tester. Okay, let me see. hope you're having a great day. Thank you. User eight seven eight zero zero one four three six five eight six. All right, let me see other questions here if I'm see if I'm missing anything. if not, I'm gonna go and ask answer some more questions. Um, let me see here. Uh, let me see, um, no more questions. So I'm, what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. What Elijah says, what do you recommend cybersecurity or computer science degree? Me personally, um, knowing everything I know, knowing everything I know. Okay. Let me, I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, straight up honesty. Out of those two, I'd choose cybersecurity. If you gave me a choice outside of those two, I'd say either IT bachelor's degree in information technology or bachelor's degree in information systems. And here's why: um, bachelor's uh, usually the curriculum for computer science is math heavy. It's it's a harder it's harder it's more difficult. If you want to go that route, and I'm not ta- I'm not discouraging you from. Going into the science route, um, into more, we need more people who know how to do uh mathematics and physics and and all that kind of stuff. We definitely need, especially in the US, because there's not a lot of US citizens who are doing that, unfortunately. But if you're just trying to get that bag, and unfortunately, that's the kind of world you know, that's that's kind of the direction we've gone here. Where all of us are kind of like working like side hustles and two jobs and shit like that. I mean, the reality of it is all of us got to, like, the salaries are not keeping up with with the cost of living. Let's just be honest here. So what I'm going to tell you to do is get a degree as soon as possible. It's a piece of paper. Get it from an accredited college, okay? Get in, a, in I, a bachelor's degree in it or a bachelor's degree in information systems they're easier they're going to have you write a bunch of papers you're going to write you list you know go through the history of computers or whatever they'll have some computer sources that are hardcore as a basic math curriculum but they're not going to get into like advanced database creation or like uh javascript uh 305 or whatever like that's the kind of stuff that they'll have you do in computer science, like, is like, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, some advanced stuff that you, like, you might, there's some people who are going to get into that and who are going to just be Excel at it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying if you're trying to just get a job and get paid, do an easy certification like IT or IS because uh, it's going to be easier. You're going to be able to get in and get out of the, of the, uh, university system of of academia get your degree and then start getting that bag and work on certifications because certification is going to prop up and help you out uh help your degree out quite a bit because could to be quite honest if your work 80 percent of the jobs out there in the market they're looking for somebody who who can do the work they're not looking for a freaking brainiac they're not looking for an mit harvard yale grad who knows how to do thermonuclear physics. You know what I'm saying? They're looking for somebody who's willing to do the job, who's going to work, who understands it enough to where they can get in and hit the ground running. That's the kind of person that they're looking for. I'm just being perfectly honest with you. And if, if you're trying to get that bag, you're probably going to have to just get that degree real quick, get that certification real quick, and then start leveling up from there. The, I'm I'm working in the field right now. I, I'm doing this job. I do this for real. <laughs> so... I'm just telling you. Uh, let me see. Get experience between degrees, absolutely. Um, do you recommend WGU for cybersecurity or cloud? Um, cybersecurity or cloud. Um, I would say it depends on what you want. Chime in. I'm. I'm sure. I'm, I'm. I get a lot of people who already do this too. And chime in, guys. What do you guys think? I'm going to tell you what I think. But there's a couple. Drew, what do you think? Do you think that this person should do a degree in cybersecurity or cloud technology? Um, I would say it depends on where what you're trying to get into. Both of those are very good choices, in my opinion. I'll give you mine and I'll read Drew's opinion about this. So um, both of those are good because those are specialized fields. Um, I have a bias because I'm in cybersecurity and I know it's super hot cloud is also hot though so i don't know i would say whichever one you do get at least a bachelor's degree and then follow it up with a certification a certification in that field like if you of course you could get a cloud certification you a cloud degree with wgu and then uh complement it with a security plus so Cer- c- cybersecurity c- uh, certification. And you could do cybersecurity and then get a cloud certification like AWS practitioner or whatever it's called, and then supplement both of those. Like you can literally kind of do both. So that and that would be hugely beneficial to you. The most important thing to do, like Drew said, is to get experience in between. Like while you're getting a degree, go ahead and get experience. That's the most important thing you can do out of either one of those choices. Uh, Drew said, Drew Jones said, uh, cloud is technical as F. So it depends on how technical you want to get. Cybersecurity can get pretty cerebral, pretty, um, it's, it's doesn't, it can get very technical, but when you're in college, um, there's, it's going to be some management type stuff in there. So it's not as. Well, I guess it depends on the curriculum. So I don't know, like what, it really depends. Some some can be very technical. It kind of depends. I would say, look at the curriculum of each and depending on how technical you want to get, figure out what you want. Both of those are good choices though. Both of them are good. I choose whichever one had more hands-on is would probably be your best choice. Um, somebody said, I have an AAS, an associate's, Degree in CIS, is that computer information systems? Um, will a SEAM lab or Security Plus or CY uh, CYSA Plus get me in the door in an IT internship? So what I would what I would do, Key, is um as soon as you can try start applying for positions like right now. You said you already have a CIS, will a SIEM Lab or Security Plus. Um, it, it At this point, anything you can get is going to help you. Um, any Anything you can get is going to help you. Security Plus is more marketable. Um, it, it's not a guarantee you're going to get a job. What they're really looking for typically is somebody who can do the work. So... If you can do a seam lab, like if you can come in and demonstrate that you know how to use Splunk, that would be huge. Um, if you could come in and, and demonstrate you know how to do a scan, use a scanning tool, that would be incredible. Um, if you could, if, when you're in the interview and they say, "Do you know how to use Tenable?" and you can say, "Yeah, I've, I've used Tenable before. I used it in a lab. I didn't, haven't used it in an actual uh, large environment, but I I know how to use. I'm familiar with the." with the the gui and i know how it works that'd be pretty big um so yeah it would at this point in the beginning of your career anything you can do is going to help you out i will tell you security plus is highly marketable but they really do expect you to kind of know how to do things not just have a certification or a degree um, and I know you're that's a bummer. You're like, man, I just spent all this money and time getting a degree and you're gonna tell me it doesn't mean anything. No, abso- a degree is absolutely awesome. Like, that's incredible. It helps you get your foot in the door, it helps you get that internship, it helps you get that apprenticeship. That is great. Okay. I'm not discouraging, I'm not t- but I'm just telling it's there are difficulties and just having a certification is not gonna magically wave a wand and get you that experience. So anything you can do is gonna help you. Out, just get your resume out there. You want at this point, what you should be thinking about is marketing yourself. The definition of marketing is finding supply and demand. So you want to find your own supply and demand. That's what I've done. That's why I'm I stay gainfully employed even through multiple uh mm-hmm. depressions or recessions, or whatever the hell they're calling this now. So, <laughs> I mean, uh the reason why is because I use marketing. So, what I do is I find out what the market is looking for what is this what demand does the market have for it for cybersecurity right now i could tell you it's cloud technology it's cybersecurity stuff and that's a very broad term but um cloud is super big uh specifically azure or um the other one would be uh help me out here guys other ones of course amazon and then um probably google those two right there and and then um As far as cybersecurity, they're looking for people who are, uh, if you're going to be an information system security officer, they're looking for U.S. citizens. Uh, If you happen to be in the DMV area, there shouldn't be any problem finding a job there. They're always looking for people. If you're willing to go overseas or travel, they're always looking for people. They'll train you, everything, uh, because not everybody wants to do that. Um, If you have your doors open, cybersecurity is going to be super hot for you. Like if you're willing to to make concessions and stuff, so supply and demand. Find the su- what the demand is for the market, and then be the product. Be what they're looking for. If they're looking for cloud stuff, be a cloud guy or cloud cloud person. If they're looking for cybersecurity people, some of the tools you want to learn Splunk. Um, off the top of my head, Splunk scanning tools any scanning tool will do uh you a lot of times you can download these for free for like 7 to 14 days and then mess around with it so that way when you're in the interview you can say yep i know how to use this seam technology i know how to use i'm familiar with this seam technology and when they ask you well where did you use it be tell them honest be honest like i've downloaded the i had set up a lab they'll be impressed i set up a lab in my house and then i ran it on my own system in, in the lab in my house. So I'm familiar with it. So I'll be able to learn very quickly your environment. So that's, that's how you do it. Be the product. Supply that demand. All right. Let me see. Um, Yeah. Thanks a lot. All you uh, gurus out there who are helping me out on this because I have so many questions, man. Um, let me see. What about the degree? Um, Somebody said, is cybersecurity hard? It depends. Cybersecurity is a very broad field. Um, I would not say it was easy. Overall, I would not say it was easy. And I could break it into three different categories. One would be managers, the cybersecurity managers. If you have a huge background in business or in managing in general, even other, even if you just did retail or if you were a head nurse or whatever, management. Uh, goes a long way with cybersecurity because they don't have enough of them. Then you just need to know like the basics of IT um, and cybersecurity. And that would help you out to get into the management piece. Then there's um, a policy side. It's not something people talk about. It's not sexy. Nobody talks about it. But policy is, um, that's all I talk about, which is Risk management framework. There's many different frameworks, and what you're doing is making sure the organization lines up with different industry standards, laws, regulations, and acts. Things like privacy laws, making sure the organization lines up with privacy laws. Um, So there's that. There's that part, and then another one is technical. Technicals, in and of itself, is very broad because you've got people who are firewall technicians, firewall admins. That's a whole technical. That's a whole It's own thing. You've got people who specialize in um, securing servers and endpoint devices. Those are people who harden or secure uh, a a Windows 2019 server, for example. Um, They'll go in there and make sure that uh, that, uh, you have two-factor authentication, make sure that the patches are up to date, making sure that, you know, there's not... uh, crazy services running in the background that shouldn't be there making sure ports are closed they're doing things like that but then you've got security uh cybersecurity analysts and cybersecurity analysts what they do is they're monitoring all the traffic that's going inside and outside of the network so my point is there's a cybersecurity is a very broad field i wouldn't say it was easy but if i can do it you can do it that's what i'll say about it some of it's really hard. <laughs> some of it's really emotionally hard. That's another piece people don't talk about. Some of it is very hard, technically hard. So, let me see here. What what are some good labs to do for cybersecurity for free um, or make my own? Um, somebody, Ju Jones says, sign up for Try Hack Me. You get hired on the spot in many cases. Um, try hack me, hack the box are two that you can do. I think for free, they have like a trial version. And that's if you want to get into pen testing, penetration testing. Um, another, they've got tons of free free resources for, uh, for training. Like MIT releases a whole bunch of cybersecurity free stuff. Um, and I think Stanford has a whole bunch of free stuff. And they've been releasing a whole bunch of free stuff. But as far as labs, what I've done is I've done uh what's one called um vmware vmware has a free trial that you can use it's no longer free um, but it's it's a free trial and then they have other virtual labs that you can set up on your system like um virtual box is free i think that's from oracle so that's another one basically you, you download this application on your system and it allows you to put multiple operating systems on your computer and then what you can do is network them and then you can have this one attack this one and then turn the firewall on this one and you can see like the activity and how it all works so that's one thing that you can do um, there's so many different things that you can do another one check this out is um chat gpt and some of the other bard i think also does it but if you go on there those can you can create a virtual environment directly on chat GPT on, on these AI systems these AI platforms for what it's incredible they can emulate any kind of um of operating system not they don't they can't emulate the uh, the GUI for now they can like I'm sure in the future they will be able to but the command line interface the back end of the system they can emulate what it looks like if you're doing a ping command or if you're doing NMAP on from a Windows system. It can emulate what it looks like in the commands and stuff, so it's really awesome. It can do basically anything. I mean, I've tried all kinds of stuff. I tried doing a Palo Alto firewall. I tried doing a Cisco ASA firewall. Uh, I I did a, a Cisco uh, iOS router, a switch. I did a Windows ninety five. I did Windows two thousand. I did I switched it up and went to Linux. You can do the back end of each one of these systems. It is inc- If you haven't tried it before, it will blow your freaking mind. I got two books on this because I've just been messing with it back to back. And uh, in those books, I explain how you can access all that stuff. But you, I'm sure you can figure it out on your own. Um, okay, I got a question here on YouTube. Somebody said, um, hey, Bruce, thanks for sharing some jobs with us. But those jobs are for senior seniors with security clearances. No no easy to get in this field for sure. Not easy to get in this field for sure. Imagine us walking through the process live, hands on. Okay, so um, what Jermaine what is talking about is if you join my newsletter, what I'll do um, at least once, I try to do at least once a week is I release these jobs. These people are sending me jobs. So usually the jobs are catering to me, but every now and then, Jermaine and everybody else, like I'll get a job that is a help desk job. I'm telling you, if you look back at my, go ahead, if, you, if you're on my newsletter, look at your emails. People do not pay attention to these emails, but I'm telling you, some of them are golden, man. Some of them are so good. I'm like, hmm, should I take this job? <laughs> some of them are not, they're not just for senior positions. If you look through them, now, there's not that many, but if you look through them, some of them are help desk jobs that are remote. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm sending out these jobs. Sometimes I'll send them in batches. I'll send like three or four that are all remote uh entry-level positions, and I don't know why they're sending them to me. And I can't do nothing with them, so I send them out to you guys on my newsletter. If you're interested in joining my newsletter, you can go on ComboCourses.com. ComboCourses.net, and then there's like a little just there's a little drop down just go ahead and click that put your stuff in there and then I, you'll see free books I'll send out to my to my people Advanced, I'll give you advanced reader copy so I can get a review from you on Amazon so you get the book for free like weeks before I release it even sometimes um, I'll give out free codes to get the audio books from stuff I wrote from a year ago uh, I'll give out and jobs that's the main thing I do is I'll give out a, a list of jobs that you guys can um, go and contact the person and see if you can get that job. And not all of them are senior level positions. That's why it would behoove you to list the look through the jobs that I'm looking at because some of them are not. I'm telling you some of them are really good. So check them out. And if you have been on my newsletter for a while, you might want to search through your email and look for just type in help desk. I'm sure I've sent out at least one or two health desk positions that are entry level, that are not requiring no clearance, that are some not even requiring a bachelor's degree. So I'm telling you um, that said, I think I'll update. Um, I'll make a honey trap to get more jobs like that because I, I know how to do that. So I I could like make a honey trap and get more job offers for like entry level positions and stuff because I don't get a lot of those. They don't send those to me, but I know how I could figure out how to make a, a resume that would attract those guys. And then I could send those out to you guys too. Uh, let me see. Got some more questions on TikTok. It said, uh, what are some good labs to do for cybersecurity free? Okay, I already answered that one. Um, I guess I could expand on that one. A couple other things you can do for labs. What I would do if I were you is I would mess around with cloud technology A lot of stuff is free to mess around with. I would check out AI, any kind of AI stuff. I'd be all over it. Um, I would check out. um, That's all free stuff. Uh, I would try. I would definitely do try hack me like like Jones said. Um, I would do hack the box. Those are all free entry level type stuff. So. Marketing yourself is everything, absolutely. That's finding out the market. What is the market like? And then you so you satisfy that market. It's all about marketing yourself. Um, other than hack the box. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but I know that there's like hundreds of them out there. I'm, I'm doing a book right now where I, I break down a whole bunch of resources that you could use. Let me see if I can... Other than Hack the Box. Let me see if I can find one. Um, Some Hack the Box alternatives. Alternatives to Hack the Box. All right, here's a few of them right here. I don't know if these are free. Uh, Most of these, I assume, are not free. But uh, if you happen to be watching me on YouTube, and I'll just read through some of these. Uh, One's called ninja 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 i o n i n g uh n i n j i o um that is one another one's called moodle m o o d l m o o d l e another one's called i n e i n another one's called c b t nuggets oh man I went with the classic there c b t nuggets pentester academy pentester lab virtual uh hacking labs a lot of these are monthly fees. By the way, um, let me see if I can find a free one. Okay, Moodle is free. Uh, Ninja I O is free. N i n i n g i j i o is free. Uh, let me see if I can find another one. One's called Virtual Hacking Labs. It's pretty expensive. Ninety three dollars a month. Uh, educate, <laughs> educated. <laughs> um e-learn security i mean th- these things are popping up all the time man i mean there's so many there's so many and there's i'm literally looking at half a dozen of, about a dozen of them right here so yeah they're all over the place and um just and like i say like even ai like ai you could literally do some of the stuff on ai Uh, let me see um networking home labs work well yeah her home lab is probably the best thing you can do because that gives you opportunity to install it and go through all the problems that you're going to experience as an it person and having the patience to build that out because 60 percent of your time is going to be trying to set the thing up and wanting to just pull your hair out see that's why i'm bald right now because i haven't pulled my hair out already it's frustrating you got to have patience right So if you set up your own lab, like Jones is, Drew Jones is putting you guys in some serious game. If you set up your own lab, like you're learning how to install the stuff and then all the troubleshooting that you have to do to to do it. And you have to have the patience and the time. And sometimes it'll take you hours just to research how to fix, how to put it together before you can even do the lab stuff, you know, that make the lab work is 80 percent of what you're going to do, you know. So it's actually cool. To do your own lab jermaine said nice hard to find remote now it's it's a little difficult right now i would say yeah it's a little bit difficult to find remote jobs period over 500 applicants um yeah so each job for remote jobs great point jermaine for each job if you're trying to get remote positions this is not for everybody it's not for the faint of heart so remote positions are very competitive um, even for me, who's been doing this over 20 years, they're competitive. Like, I, when I apply, I'm applying among, like, 20 or 30 people, which means those are all my competition. So, and some of those people are already networked. They already know the people at that organization who's putting the job out. So, they're already getting endorsements from people in the organization. They already know how that organization works. They already know where to apply and stuff. Me, I'm just coming in off the street and applying for this remote position so, yeah, remote positions are very challenging. So for a person who is new, I wouldn't expect to really get in a remote position. I wouldn't really aim right now. Like, you're just trying to get your foot in the door. You have to make some, you got to take some L's. You're going to have to take a lower amount of money. You're going to have, you're not going to just come in off the street and make $100,000. Think about whatever industry you currently work in. Imagine coming in and off the street for the current job you work in and suddenly being the highest paid person there. It doesn't make sense, right? It does not make sense for that to happen. There's a a period, the gest, a gestation period that you're going to have to go through to learn the ropes and learn the common body of knowledge that it takes to get into this position. This is cybersecurity. And you're talking about doing security for organizations. Their livelihood is on the line if you touch their system at all, even as a help desk person, they have to give you admin rights to fix some of this stuff. They have to trust you. They can't just give the keys to the castle to just any person. They have to do like a background check on you to make sure you're legit. They And then after that, they're going to have to train you on the job to see if they can trust you with their stuff. So it's it's difficult to begin with. So I would not, if, if you're a new person, I would not be shooting for the shooting for going for I mean of course you know you want to do the best you can but I'm just saying in re- reality if you have zero or very little experience you right now you kind of want to take baby steps you want to just take baby steps right that's the reality of it right don't get don't get me wrong get as much money as you can but when you get in you're trying to get the, the most valuable thing you can get right now is experience and and uh on the job training is the most valuable thing you can ha- you can have and put that on your resume as a stepping stone to get to the next level. And then eventually you can get to like a working from home, making real good money. That's the path you're on right now. But that it is a path and it's it's a marathon. It's not a you know, it's not a sprint. He said the hybrid ones are different and in different states. Yeah. Um, and not easy to link. Uh, uh it's this is not easy like people think no no this is this is challenging this is not this is to get your foot in the door is going to take some work and that's why i'm saying the most valuable thing to you right now is your experience that you can get every think of it this way every hour you of experience you get is money the experience right now is your is your best asset your best it's going to pay you in the future you're investing every hour you spend Working for an organization as an IT person in that role is is an investment in your future. If this is a long term game, but once you get there, once you get to certain levels, it's so much better than uh, what other people's alternatives are, and it's more stable as a whole. Like even me as a contractor, if they if I got fired tomorrow, man, I could get a job within weeks. Within days, really, I mean, I'm just picky. So it's usually taking me weeks because I'm just very picky. Let me see. Got some more questions here. Security Plus is the most. Scrum Manager. Scrum Manager is a, is a hot, hot item. Passed the Security Plus last November. Congrats. Congratulations. Make sure it's on your resume. It's so hard picking what you exactly what you want to do. Yeah, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta just try stuff and then know what you don't want. <laughs> and that might take you a year. Like you might do some stuff and be like, this sucks, and then move on to the next thing. Man, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Um, let me see. I log into Windows, my Windows box with my YubiKey key for two factor authentication. Yeah, I've been thinking about using one of those. Um security plus was hard was harder than the uh, cysa plus good to know good to know exactly i know exactly i know there's so much to learn how to protect sites against how do you protect sites against a, a distributed denial of service attack hmm there's different tools that you can use like cloudflare and then there's uh, systems in your organizations that you can use. I know several organizations I've worked for use like a F5 system, which like I guess it distribute. If if you have a denial of service attack, it distributes the the uh, traffic over so where it doesn't. You can't get taken down. And you would do that on on your main systems. Like if you had a main website um, that was like a critical. Uh, mission essential website, you would probably do some sort of a proxy, some sort of system that comes before the actual website so that all the traffic's coming, hitting this proxy. um, The system is designed to take the hit and then it'll distribute the traffic. And then sometimes it'll even say, okay, 90% of all this attack is coming from, I detect that this is an attack from this one IP or these three IPs. I'm going to shut all these IPs down. These are these IPs I'm not if, if I'm not taking no more of their traffic. I'm only going to allow these other because it will trigger a certain algorithm in that system. So that's one way that it that it happens. Um LinkedIn Learning has a lot of prep courses for ISACA, CompTIA and more. Earl, I locked myself into a room for two months and just learned the basics of Linux. Glad I did. Yeah, that's a this man knows what he's talking about because I've had to do the same thing. <laughs> this this guy like you need to listen to this dude. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. MITRE ATT&CK framework is a is a need to know as well. Yeah, MITRE ATT&CK framework is really was really cool, especially if you're on the cyber defense side of the house. I was not not just cyber defense side of the house. Probably the attack side too. I mean really for any IT person like any any IT person should probably pick a uh, read up on MITRE attack framework. If you don't know what it is, if you happen to be an IT person, you're going to be you're going to be int- it's going to be interesting. Just type in MITRE uh MITRE uh attack framework and uh, check it out. It's really it's really interesting. It's incredible. Um it, what it does is it tells you the uh, tools, techniques, and procedures that hackers will use to infiltrate a system, and it's not telling you like exactly how a breakdown of how like the how the packets get in or any of that. It's more it's more telling you ha- what methods will an attacker use uh, from fingerprinting, like if they're f- fingerprinting and trying to figure out what's going on with your what they can gather from your external IP addresses, the next step will be X. And then once they have X, they're going to go to Y, like it's telling you the steps that a hacker will take and then where you're at. And if they're attacking you with this, more than likely they're going to go here or they're going to go here. And as a cybersecurity person, it's telling you You can use it for many different things. You can if you're writing a policy about how to do an incident response, you could go to the attack framework, the MITRE attack framework and say, okay, if we were if they were doing a fingerprinting on us, the next step is going to be normally they're going to go to scanning. So what can we do against scanning? What can what would we do here? What would we do here? You know, so it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good tool to use. Let me see. Try hack me. Do you know SQL? I really don't know SQL, man. I, at one time I did. I had to learn it because I I knew seam stuff. So I had to learn like basics of SQL because the, the seam that I used used a lot of SQL type stuff in the back end, but not, not so much. I can't off the top of my head type in commands or anything like that. It's going to be Google for me for that one. Um, what was the ninja one again? That was NI, if you happen to be still with me, N-I-N-J-I-O. And that is a cybersecurity awareness training and simulated phishing solution that use that use engaging two uh three to four. Okay. Yeah, just go ahead and check it out. Go ahead and check it out. Always spin up two VMs. Uh, to learn stuff. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff from v- VMs, a lot of stuff. Messing around with the behavior of systems using VMs, virtual machines. Um, Diane Diamond Gabrielle says, what hands-on experience can you recommend for someone who wants to be an auditor? An auditor. So I'm, I'm assuming you mean a an assessor. In my world, we call it an assessor, a cybersecurity, a security control assessor, um, hands-on experience. So, in my world, there's many kinds. When I say my world, I worked in for the Department of Defense, for the for NASA, for different uh, for financial sector, for um, all kinds of different sectors, and they'll use the word auditor, um, synonymous like interchangeably with assessor. So that's what I mean. Uh, So in my world, auditors come in many different shades. Like there's a spectrum of auditors. Um, They don't know everything. So there's auditors who can do assessments on your physical security. There's auditors who can do assessments on your wireless. There's auditors who can do assessments on your network Your your network, they do network scanning. But one thing I would say all auditors have in common is that they normally are very familiar with how secure the security best practices. They normally have a layout and they have an idea of how what security best practices are supposed to happen in a data center versus an office versus a wherever site. They have some idea. They're usually very familiar with security policies because that's one of the first places you have to look as an auditor or an assessor is to look at the policy and say, "Okay, here's what the organization says they're supposed to do. And let's see if they're doing it. Um, So best practices. uh, Looking at the security uh, policy. Another thing is whatever framework that the organization is looking for, you're usually a little bit familiar with that. For example, if you happen to be an assessor for healthcare industry, you would have to know a little bit about HIPAA. Like you would know the terminology in HIPAA. You would have, there be certain things you would look for for HIPAA. And then if you were in the financial sector and you were an auditor, you would know like Sarbanes-Oxley or PCI-DSS or something. And you, there would be certain things you would look for like you all of the point-of-sale devices have to be on a separate network you would look for those things the best practices for that particular security control family Um, so those are probably the top three things that you need to know and have hands-on experience with as an auditor um other specialized things would be like a scanner, like normally they'll know, especially if they specialize in network security, they'll usually know like Tenable or they'll know Qualys or they'll know whatever scanner or NMAP. Or if they happen to be a pen tester, part of the pen tester piece of the auditor team, because sometimes auditors will have like a, a five piece team that one guy is like a professional, it's like the A team, right? They'll have a, like a dude who just looks at the documentation and the physical security or whatever, and then you have a scan a a pen tester guy who knows who knows all the pen ins and out of pen testing. And then you'll have like a a person who's good at interviews or whatever, and they they know the what what the organization is supposed to be doing as far as operationally. And then sometimes usually you'll have somebody who, who knows all these, like some piece of all these things. They'll have a mixed bag and multidisciplinary on all those things, but The top three things I would say would be they usually know the best practice security best practices. They usually know something about the security uh, framework that they're working on and then um, knowing a little bit about the security policy of the organization. I hope that makes sense. I did some auditing, specifically risk assessment stuff at my last job, and then I did a little bit of it in the military. So that's why I know something about it. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Somebody's Oh, so Diamond also says, "Should I do entry level? Uh, entry level uh, to start as a analyst?" Yeah. So I'll say I don't know your experience level, um, Diamond. But if you have zero experience, you want to start from the basic common body of knowledge for IT, and that means like you need to know how computers work. I I don't know where you are with your your level, but if you have zero experience, you want to start off with basic, basic stuff. How's a computer work? How's the RAM work with the storage device work with the memory? Memory, storage, and how the CPU. How do all those things work together? What is cloud technology? What's the basics of it? How's networking work? What is the difference between a public IP and a private IP? And a research IP. Like what are the differences? What what's what's going on? Like basic, basic stuff is where you want to start off with. Um, you don't you're not necessarily going to jump directly into analyst work or directly in those are specialized fields that you want to build up to. Because it if you're an analyst, I'll just give you an example. If you're a cybersecurity analyst and you come in there and they hire you and, and they're like, okay, I want you to analyze this TCP IP packet, and you don't even know what a network is. Like that's a problem, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's a problem. So you got to know the basics first, and then build up to that. Um, let me see here. Um, let me see. Uh, I've got a question on on YouTube. Are you a government contractor? Yes. Right now, I'm working as a government contractor. Um, previously. I was working straight up private industry, and I did that for about uh, two, three years. And before that, I was a contractor for a government agency. And before that, I was working in aerospace. I think I was was an aerospace company that did contracting for the government. So yeah, I've been a contractor for quite a long time. And the differences um, there's some differences there. Uh, I would say the private sector was you really had to know your stuff more with the private sector um you really had to have some sharpened skills because they would just say they would just give you to the client and be like okay this is your client go go (laughs) here's your client go it was like you had your own company or something it was crazy like they really expected me to know what i was doing i mean luckily you know I, i was i did okay but uh i say contractor world, it has to be in line with whatever government agency you're working with. So they expect you to have a certain level. And what I like about the government is that they say, they just have a slot for you. And they just say, it's like they put you in the matrix. They just say, pow, here you go. Now you're in the matrix. Here's what you need to know. That's it. But the private sector was like, they just gave you a a hammer and a saw and be like, build that house over there. And you're like, what? (laughs) Go build a house, you know. <laughs> here's everything. Here's the blueprints. Here's this, here's that. Go build the house. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Added you on LinkedIn. Thanks. Would love to collaborate with you. Okay, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for adding me. I appreciate that. Um. Okay, here's one I don't know. How much work have you done with NIST 882R3? How is that? Miss A two. Hold on, I'm having some technical dis- difficulties as I'm typing on YouTube. A two. Rev3? three. What is? Th- okay, hold on. Hold on. Technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> industrial controls. I was just. Was I just reading about this? Pre-draft for industrial control. Systems. No, you know what? I tried to get a job with an industrial control, and I couldn't. I didn't hire me, so I I don't have experience with industrial controls. That's like, if I'm not mistaken, that's like um, utility companies, right? Is that right? I don't have experience with this. I've I've not worked for a utilities company, um, if that's what you mean, like utilities or like not just power lines, but like gas industry or whatever and then you're working with the systems that control the actual utilities is that it's i'm assuming that's what you mean but i i don't even know enough to answer the question to know what i'm hell i'm talking about <laughs> i can't even say yes or no on this one <laughs> that's how little i know about industrial controls but I, I did go for an interview for industrial controls and they were like nah you know we need somebody who's been working in this industry <laughs> i was like okay okay Uh, let me see here I got some more questions more comments here Um, just reading comments open topics Um, let me see here cybersecurity is essential we are cyber we need to we need protection our interfaces have to stop um let me see oh yeah yeah okay he says yes utilities gas oil electric yeah i i so i guess story time so i was last year i was looking for a job and um i start i started business doing this stuff full time it was fun but i just i couldn't make it work man the the medical killed me man i have the medical destroyed me. I could not make a business out of this because the med- I, I got to make way more money because the medical in the U S is just, it's hard. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, I should say. So anyway, so I went back to work and I was doing interviews and stuff and everybody was asking me about cloud, you know, cloud stuff. And what's your experience with cloud? I'm like, damn, what the hell's going on? You know, <laughs> anyway, so one of the people that interviewed me or the job, Offers opportunities that I got. I should say not offers. Was a utilities company, and I don't recall. I don't remember even what it was. It was like electric or gas or something. And they have, if you didn't know, they have systems that are controlling the dams, or they're controlling the electrical power grid, or they're controlling water distribution, or whatever. Right? They have these systems. Like, uh, think of the Colonial Pipeline. They have pipelines that are shooting. Natural gas here or there, or whatever, and all that's controlled by a computer system. So they have to, of course, protect that stuff, otherwise, it's going to get hacked like the colonial pipeline system. And um, so they're looking for a cybersecurity guy to come in there and do I don't remember even what framework it was, it was like a combination of like NIST 800 or uh NIST cybersecurity framework, or so I don't even I don't recall what it was, but. Um, they really wanted somebody not to do that piece because I think that they wanted to they had a position for that, but that was already filled. They wanted me to be a vulnerability guy, a vulnerability remediation guy. And then they also wanted me to have experience having done the utility of whatever utility, gas, oil, electric utility, whatever it was. I can't recall, but they didn't after they I went through my experience. they were like, nah, you know, we're really looking for somebody who has more experience with the industrial with uh, with this stuff. So with utilities. And I said, "Nah, I don't I don't have it. So that was that was the end of that conversation. Uh, let me see. What is the best and simple job for women? Um, PT or FT. Um, I don't know what you mean. I'm old. So talk to me like I'm three years old. And I'm not a Gen Z guy. Talk to me like I'm a Boomer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I don't. I don't understand. Explain like I'm five. I have T wic part or full time. Okay. What is the best simple job for women, part-time or full-time? What does T mean? I have, I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm I don't, I'm not, I'm old, man. I'm this internet thing is new to me. <laughs> All right, let me see if I have any other questions here. Comments, questions. I'm here for you guys, whatever questions you have. Um, I've been doing uh, cybersecurity since the year 2000. Um, started off in the military and um, been doing this ever since as a contractor, private sector, public sector. So any experience, any kind of questions you you have. Transportation worker identification all right so that's very specific um are you looking are are you talking about it or full-time what is your go-to os windows sorry i'm not i'm not fancy it's boring so you expect me to say cali linux security cyber no windows Windows, that's it. Not Mac OS, not Linux, Windows. Windows 11 or 10. What have I worked on? Man, I've worked on freaking Irix, Unix, Red Hat. Not so much Mac OS, not so much. Servers, all kinds of servers. Um, Man, what else have I worked on? Freaking uh, NAS systems, network attached storage device, operating systems, mobile devices, man, all kinds of stuff. Any free recommended labs to learn? Um, Depends on what you're trying to learn. Um, The one that I use was virtual machines. Um, one free one that you could do would be VirtualBox. I would highly recommend that you do your own. Hack the Box is cool. Try, Hack Me is good is cool. Those have free resources, but the best thing you could possibly do, the thing I would recommend, the thing I started off with was VMware, which costs money. If you don't, if you just don't have the money to invest in yourself right now, uh, VirtualBox is gonna do a couple things for you. Uh, it's gonna teach you how to use a virtual machine because you have to learn. You're going to have to even before you set up your as you're setting up your lab, you're going to have to learn how to use it. So I would do that. Um, I would do that. And it's going to teach you how to use command line. It's going to you're going to troubleshoot how why it's not working properly. You're going to have to go watch a bunch of videos, get it to work. Uh, That's what I would recommend you do. Do your own lab. And if all else fails, forget about virtual labs. If you happen to have a couple old computers around or even a few phones, like you can even use a couple phones and set up your own little network. That's what I recommend you do. If you have the resources, I have an old computer back here, super old, nobody uses it. If, if take all your computers, put them on a network, network them together, start messing around, put a hack, do some hacking from, from this system And there's free hacking tools that you can use. You could use uh, one's called Kali Linux. Kali Linux that you could put on one system that's old, network them all together and use Kali Linux. You got to, all of this is going to take your time, money and energy, even without the money, time and energy to just focus all your time into creating this lab just so you can just create the, the network. And then if you wanted to make a realistic network, you have to get a router and put it or switch And put it in between the systems so that these systems are going through a switch and then if you want to get really realistic you put a router in there a router connected to two switches and now you have two separate networks these are all things you can do that are going to take you a lot of your time to learn just to set it up but what you'll what will happen is if you let if you set this all up on your own you're going to learn so much you're going to learn about networking you're gonna because you're gonna have to Google everything <laughs> to learn this stuff or buy books to learn this stuff and then start and be frustrated and go through all these failures. And that process of going through all of these falling on your face and getting back up and falling down and getting back up, that is really where the learning happens. It's that that's what you need right there. You need to fail forward many, many times as quickly as possible. So even if you don't have a virtual lab, if you don't want to do virtual box, or if you don't want to do, which is free, and you don't want to, you don't have the resources to do a VMware, you can set up your own network, take a couple of your old phones. These are all computers. Connect them to your network, give them an IP address, and see if you can make them talk together. That's what I That's what I did to start. I was just a geek, and I was just messing around with stuff. That's kind of the mentality you want to have, like a little scientist messing around breaking stuff um basically what are the best simple jobs for women part-time full-time as a twic transportation worker identification um worker easiest job um, I can only speak on what I know, which is it it and cybersecurity. So that's that's really what I know. So the easiest, simplest job you can do um, would probably be like data entry or something. I don't know how. I don't know how much money it makes. I don't know if it's gonna be a career move for you. The simplest job you can do would be data uh, entry level. That would be the most basic thing I could think of. that, or or uh, um, a customer service person over the phone that walks people through stuff. The next step up from that, that's more of a career move, would be field technician. It's not going to be super easy. Like if this is for somebody who's really trying to get their foot in the door. People, somebody who's going to really trying to level up and somebody who's eventually wanting to make real good money and you are willing to put in the work to get there would be I would recommend if you have no experience whatsoever. Number one, let's back up a little bit. So first of all, cyber IT, let's forget about cybersecurity. IT has a common body of knowledge that you have to know. What I mean by that is there's basic things you need to know. And the reason why I always start here is because people are asking me who. You this is. This is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. All right, this is not for everyone. This is it's just not for everyone. Um, it's not. You can't just walk in with. You're gonna have to come with some knowledge, and which takes time. So this is right there, right there, that weeds out most people. They're like, I have to read a book. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, you gotta read a book. Like, you gotta read a book. You gotta watch boring ass videos like this. <laughs> you gotta you gotta like it's not for everybody. But here's the thing. The hardest, I'm look at look at your life right now. The best things in your life. The, the best things in your life all took hard work am i right or wrong the things that you earned the things that are be- that continue to pay you until now the assets that you have in your life that you gained that you earned were any of those easy i for myself i got to say no no asset that i have in my life from from people from people there's people who are assets in my life and they were not easy you know, it's not always easy to. It was hard. Like it was like I don't even sometimes like a miracle. How do I even meet this person? This person is an is an asset in my life and it's a miracle that they're in my life. And we don't always see eye to eye. But this person is an asset in my life. Uh, my my degree isn't has been an asset. The CISSP, the certification has been an asset. Um, some of the business stuff I do on the side has been an asset. And I'm going to tell you, not a single one of those things has been easy. Every single one of those, I had to take time, uh, money, or energy for me to gain those things. And it's I had to fail over and over again, and I had to read a book. I had to really analyze what I was doing. I had to have mentors. I sought out mentors, and I listened to what they were telling me. And I was like, okay, that's how you do it. Okay, okay. Sometimes I had to pay for mentorship. I'm not offering. This is not an endorsement. I, I don't have time to be a mentor, okay? I do not have time. I have a full-time job. I've got two kids. I'm by myself. I do all this, but I'm, I'm a full-time writer. I do not have time to be a mentor. So I'm, this is not you, me saying, oh, I've got to be your mentor. No, no, not me, <laughs> not me. But I'm telling you, like anything that I've done uh, that was worth anything, it took me time to get, and I had to fail forward over and over again to get there. So if you're wanting to get into IT, it's gonna take you time. You're gonna to have to learn a common body of knowledge. How do computers work? Number one, if you're not willing to to read a book or listen to a book or watch videos where you learn more and build up your your knowledge base, this is not for you. Go go somewhere else. Don't do this because this is not for you. I'm I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to like dis- discourage you. But I'm telling you, if, you're, if you are ready, if you are 100% ready to put in the work, then you come to the right place. Because I'm going to tell you, number one, you need to go, you need to read about basic, basic computer stuff. Basic, basic computers. Or watch a bunch of videos on YouTube. They're free. About basic information. You want a keyword to look for? Um, information technology basics. That's one. Um, computer security basics, computer best practices. That's another keyword. Computer fundamentals, cybersecurity fundamentals, network fundamentals. Start there. Start listening, uh, reading. I would recommend highly recommend a book. Just go on Amazon. Just buy the most fundamental book you can about computers if you don't know anything. But if, yeah, if you just want your question was, was a basic, most simple thing you can do as a woman, full time or part time? What could you do for newbies? Be data analyst, uh, data, data uh, entry, data entry. There's there's a whole bunch of data entry jobs, not necessarily. I don't know how IT it is, but that would be the probably the basic. I mean, you're taking information from here and putting it over here. I don't even know if that's IT, to be honest with you. That, that's the most basic thing I can think of. Um, you can probably get a fiber job for that. Like part-time? You can probably do that on Fiverr right now. I don't know how much money it makes. I don't know if it's it's IT. But that's, you know, if that's what you want to do. A side, a side hustle? Yeah, that's a dope side hustle. Um, How to impress... How to impress manager at cyber internship? Work hard. Work super hard. Work after hours. Be be uh, show that you're a team player. That's how you do it. If you want to impress them, work. Show them that you are eager to learn. That is that really for me. That's a, super impressive. And when a person's eager to learn, I would take a person who's super eager to learn. Over a person who knows everything already and you can't tell them nothing. Diamond says, "Um, I just got an offer to do a project field technician, but I have no experience and I'm uh, learning basics now. Awesome. That's great. You got your foot in the door. Project field technician. Okay. Um, I believe because only three applicants applied on LinkedIn but I believe I will be good for, it will be good for my resume. Yes, 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 yes. And when you get learn as much stuff as you can, especially the platform, whatever platform that they're having you use, like if they're using, um, you said a project field technician. So whatever platform is going to be important, like you're going to take it for granted, but Like if they're using a ticketing system like ServiceNow or Jira or if they're using, um, I don't know, Remedy or whatever the hell they're using, that system you want to list that on your resume because that's going to be golden. All the stuff you do, golden. Everything you're doing and list the the action that you did, like action would be like um, managed 15 different on-site jobs. For uh, connecting uh, cable, fiber cable to Fortune 500 companies. That's the action. The impact is um, was able to secure five new contracts um, for our company. So I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But that's how you kind of want to list it. You want to list on your on your um, applica- on your um, resume as action, and then the impact that you had to the company based on that impact. I take my security plus in July. Wow, you—you you are serious. <laughs> Career path for red team. I got a security plus, a network plus, an ITIL, a security clearance. No experience. Um, so you're uh, no experience. Oh, security plus. Just Keep applying. Keep applying for a basic IT. What you want to do right now? If I were you, is you need to get your foot in the door at any place. Right now, you just need to get in the door. I'd get like a field tech position or a help desk position to just get in the field. Right now, like red team sounds great and all that stuff. There's all this adventurous pen testing and all this kind Right now, you just want to get your foot in the door to say you have experience. You need to get the experience. Um. <clears throat> and any experience you use to get that security plus, um, is is going to be is going to be helpful. And you you have a security clearance that's really good too, because a lot of organizations don't want to pay for somebody to get a new security clearance. If you have an active security clearance, that's very valuable. So you you definitely want to put that all that stuff on your resume. Get your resume in an ATS style, which is a um, application tracking software style resume. And then put it on dice on um, put it on dice on monster on LinkedIn on every platform put it on every platform. It's gonna take you some time, but you gotta put it on every platform and then fill out every platform. That means fill out the profile on every platform. And then and tell them you're looking for to get your foot in the door at an I, you know, and then apply. That's another thing you need to do is apply for as many of those jobs as possible. Government jobs like office admin, receptionist, correction job, government jobs, um, office admin or receptionist. Not able to re- relocate at the moment. They should have some stuff in your area, so I would look for for those entry level jobs. I would look in those area. Er- I would look locally, like that's those are the kind of jobs you trying to you want to try to focus on for now. Um. You might even be able to get some remote jobs. They're out there. They just go really fast. They go really, really especially entry level remote jobs. They go super fast. um about to finish my associates, but my area is saturated with degree and no experience. but my area is saturated with degree and no experience. It's hard. It is it's gonna be difficult to get your foot in the door um about to finish your associates before you get for all you college student. Students, I say this over and over again. Every every week I probably say this to college students. But what you want to do is try to get experience before you even get out of, before you even finish your degree. If there's a way at your college that you can actually help them with their computer, their network, their servicing, their endpoint devices, ask. Ask them if you can do it. Ask them if you can help. Ask. And then you can put that on your resume. You can put the actual place you worked for, the job title would be help desk uh, assistant at University of X. And then you would put the experience that you did. Get the experience before you even get out so you can put, so you can say, I have experience. I worked at my college. There's There's work programs for students. And if you're a student right now, the great news is that you have more opportunities than most people because you can do an apprenticeship they publish those at your college. You need to go to your college and figure out where their apprenticeships are, uh, with um, with local companies around there. I remember a friend of mine; um, he was trying to become a chemical engineer, and Dupont happened to work in town, and they were taking students directly out of school. Like they were, they were be in school, and then they had a work program where you get credits to work at Dupont in a lab, doing actual science. And that's the same thing with IT stuff. So you got to go to your college and figure out what apprenticeship and internships that they have programs linked with local companies. Because you want to get the experience before you get out, before you finish your degree. And if you already have your degree, that's great. You can look for internships. And that degree goes a long way for those internships because they know you're working. You're a student. Uh, Let me see. I got some other stuff popping up here. Um. Awesome, Dale says, "I'm in. I'm on active duty. Just completed my degree in cybersecurity, and I want to reclass as a 17 Charlie. 17 Charlie. That's awesome. So, what is your what's your MOS right now? If you don't mind me asking. I also did a cross train a reclass from. Uh, I was a security police officer." And then I security forces, they call it now. Uh, so I, I went from security forces to uh, they call it a three Charlie. They, they've changed it in the Air Force. Air Force always changing stuff, but they now call it a three Delta or four. Delta I don't even know what they call it now, but <laughs> I went from being a police officer to computers. So. A 17 Charlie is kind of similar to what I did in the Air Force. Uh, a cybersecurity operations specialist. Yeah, my brother, my uh, one of my in-laws, he was asking me about what you just said and I told him exactly what to do, exactly what to do, because he's about to get out real soon. Okay, let me answer some more questions. I'll try to go faster through these TikTok questions. I know they kind of come fast. Um, should a web app cache its user credentials in a cookie or a local storage? I'm gonna ask you gotta have to ask a a web security professional for that one. And I I would imagine it depends on the situation in a cookie or a local storage. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be neither? Well, like, wouldn't that you could probably Hack that really fast. Okay, more questions. Let me see. Um, I got a summer internship, so hopefully that plus customer service background. Okay. These days, okay. These days, I'd be happy with a help desk if they just work from home. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's nice to have. What is the best platforms for jobs? Oh, to find jobs? Like a job... A job platform. Um, Dice.com is probably one of the best ones. The ones that I've had the most luck with has been Monster. I got most of my jobs from Monster. Monster.com. People are sleeping on Monster, man. Monster. And Monster, from my experience, it's been Monster.com. I get quite a few from Dice. Um, then probably Career Builder. Um Indeed is really good to search for jobs, but I I don't know that I've gotten jobs from there. And then LinkedIn is just good to, like, um, connect with other people. It's really good for networking. I don't really know. I, I can't say I've gotten jobs from there. The top thing to do is to talk to people you know. Most of my jobs have come from people I know. Word of mouth. Somebody knew me and they said, hey, we should bring this guy over. Um. But mo- many of the opportunities I've had uh, that are coming to me constantly, like water flowing, is from Monster.com and Dice. So you definitely want to put your resume on there. I mean, people are sleeping. I say it I say it over and over. It's frustrating because I say it. I don't know if people are doing it. I don't know if you guys are hearing me. I don't know. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't even know why I even talk about it. Uh. Andre says, "Uh Bruce, I currently have a role as a risk management framework analyst and I have been told that once we obtain our ATO, I will be transitioning to an ISSO position." Where do you work at? Do you work where I work? I plan to task uh I plan to ask for an increase in salary. What should we what should be the best resource to find out um The current salary on the market for an ISSO with my experience. I have some, but just want to cover all bases. Okay, Andre, I can help you with this, man. So there's a couple places that I go to to find out what's the range of salary. One is called uh, salary.com. You start off with Google, actually. Let me show you. Let me show you my screen. Show you my screen real quick. Start off with Google. And say, uh, let's say you want to be an ISO ISO salary. Look at that, already prepped for me. ISO salary, right? Start off here. And and now, one thing to keep in mind is you gotta keep you've gotta take into account the area you work in. So right now, for those who are listening or those on TikTok, I'm looking at the results on Google for I, I typed in ISO salary, and it came up with my general location, which is near Colorado Springs somewhere as of whatever the date. And it says it's making an ISO in Colorado Springs makes $95,000 a year. That's approximately $45 an hour. Not bad. Um, But there's other things to take into account. One is the area. So we probably want to look at the area. So let's say Virginia. Virginia. So ISO salary, I type in ISO salary, I-S-S-O, space salary, space Virginia, and it's going to give me a different number. It's going to say $28 an hour, which I don't think is accurate because it's more like, okay, now it's taking me to some of the sites, okay? This is not – this first one is not right. This is not correct. It's not $28 an hour. That is a damn lie. (laughs) Okay, here's one. Salary in Virginia from salary.com, salary ranges from $64 and uh, $64,000 a year to $100,000 per year in Virginia. That's more like it. So uh uh salary.com is one of the best places you can go to because it gives you the range. It'll I think there's a way you can either break it down by city and um averages through in, in each one of the states. Look at this. I mean, this is great. This is the kind of information you want to look at here. This is where you want to go. So start off with Google, but a couple other ones would be salary.com and another one's called PayScale. PayScale? There's another one that I'm thinking of, but there's another one called PayScale. Let me see if I can find that one. It, it should be on this page, actually. Let me see. Pay scale is a really is it called pay scale or pay or something like that. I'm, I know some of these IT gurus know what I'm talking about. There's one called like PayScale. Let me see. Pay scale. And then there's another one called Glassdoor, but we'll talk about that one in a second. Pay scale. Is it called PayScale? Salary.com. ZipRecruiter is is on there. But I'm looking for one called pay. OK, well, I can't find pay scale um, for for ISO 20 for uh, information system security officer. So what I'll do is I'll go to Glassdoor. Glassdoor is also a very good place to look at. And so you can see here it's giving us the industry, the experience in years, which is also very important. So Glassdoor. Is where you want to look. Um The other one would be um, salary.com and then, of course, Google. Those are three great resources that I that I usually use. And the great thing about Glassdoor is it'll even have people talking about the company. If you log in, it'll have people that says something about the company like this company doesn't pay very well or whatever. Right. Or, you know, I I like the company, but I don't like the management or something like that on some on some uh, review type stuff, some Amazon review type stuff pops up. <laughs> All right, let me see if I have some other questions here. Somebody said, Oh, okay. Your MOS is a 92F petro- uh, petroleum specialist, but I just took it to get into the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. No problem. Okay. So a petroleum specialist going into that, that's a great move, especially if you're trying to stay in for like another three, four years um, to get that experience. Because you hear me talking, man, like I've talked to several people that have zero experience and it's going to be difficult. They're having a hard time getting work because they they're trying to make that big money. They're trying to make that move. But so one thing that you gotta understand is that experience, man, it goes a really long way. Just getting a Security Plus, that's that's nice. But if you don't have experience, that's really what they want. They don't want a certification necessarily without experience. They want you to have like anybody can take a certification. You can literally brain dump a certification, memorize the questions on the test, go take it, spend two hundred dollars, and pass it. Now you have a Security Plus. That's why they know that. So what they want you to have, that something that nobody can replace and take from you is your experience. If you go into an interview and you are telling them, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. That is way more valuable than a degree or a certification. I'm not telling you not to get a degree. I'm not telling you not to get a certification. I talk all day long about both those things but experience is the best thing you could possibly get. Nobody can take it from you. Nobody can say you brain dumped it. Nobody can say you're just good at tests. Like you can tell them, oh yeah, I worked on this at this organization, I did this. Even if you have a lab, that's great. Build some ideals, to build a home lab, exactly. That's another thing you can, even if you have a lab, you can be like, okay, I set up this in my house. I set up this. You can literally tell them I did this, 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 this. I know how to do this. I can hit the ground running. That's what they want. Somebody who can do the work, not in theory, not just talk well, do the work. That's what they're looking for. So you got to be able to demonstrate that. So what I'm trying to tell you, Awesome Dell, is that if you can put in, if you can stomach it and stay in like another three years or whatever, if they're trying to make you have you reenlist or whatever, or let's say, let's say you have two years left and you're trying to get out. Right. And you've been a petroleum specialist for four years. Right. And you're like, no, I'm trying to get out. Okay. Cool. Here's what you can do get your degree in cybersecurity or actually anything in STEM. Um, Cybersecurity is good. So get your degree there and then um, maybe knock out a certification. But what's very, very important is before you get out of the military and that two years that you have left, one year, whatever it is. Get some hands on experience, know how to install a Windows system, know how to configure a Windows system, a Mac OS system, a, a router, Of how to make a network, how to build a network, how to do hands on type stuff. Even if you have to just do a homegrown lab yourself, um, then do it so that, you know, there's tears there's to your experience. Top tier is working for a Fortune five thousand, Fortune one hundred company for X years, right? That's the top tier. But there's other things you can do. You could be a freelancer. You can put that on your resume. You can do projects. You can put that on your resume. You can do a homegrown lab, and you can say that I have the skills in this or that, right? You can say if you had a lab and you put a seam on your lab, or you put a, you created a network attached storage area on your on your network, and you know how to make it work, or you created a uh, a network that's on um, on a Cisco router, hanging off of a Cisco router, and two separate networks that are both connected to a switch. And you know how to configure an IOS on a Cisco IOS, uh, and reconfigure it, and install it, and 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 do a uh, show run and all the commands, and back it up, back up the uh, configs on a Cisco router. Are you? Listen, that's huge. That's huge, especially if you're trying to go into network uh, network engineer. And now that will be a thing that you can do. So just get the experience like number one. Get that experience. Number one. Do it while you're working on your degree. Do it while you're in the military. Get that experience. All right. Let me see. D.O. Is that any relation to the uh, to the band D.O. The rock group? DL says, "Bruce, are you a DOD contractor? I used to be. I was a DOD contractor for many, many years. Most of my experiences come from being a DOD contractor. Now I'm a I'm a contractor for another organization. <laughs> um, I've I've done um, many different departments in the for the federal government. I've done NASA. I've done uh, I've worked with Army. I've worked with the Air Force a little bit with the Navy. Um, many different." Parts and pieces of departments. Um, right now, working for a completely different three-letter agency. If you're in the military, go through cybersecurity and information assurance degree through WGU. Do a so, Dio is saying if you happen to work in the military, do a cybersecurity and information information assurance degree with WGU. Yeah, that's that uh, information assurance is fire. That's what I do. It pays very well. Um, use your Air Force, Army, Navy, cool, uh, and get a CISSP. And the last step, enroll in SkillBridge for for a company. Yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. If you happen to be in the military. Um, hello, is there any free classes that teach cybersecurity and what is better for your career, networking or CY? Let's see why. You mean cybersecurity, cyber, cybersecurity? Um, my opinion for networking or cybersecurity, it depends on what you want to do. Um, I would say if you're starting off, networking is superior because everything's connected to network. Uh, what free classes? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great classes online. Man, I wish I had my freaking book. Let me see if I can bring it up. I wrote, I wrote this. i got a book. Let me just see if I can. I was meant to be prepared for this. I wrote a book and um, and it has a whole bunch of resources that I would like to show you guys. Whole bunch of resources. That book is out right now on Amazon. I will be giving out a free version of this soon. Um, for those of you who are on my advanced reading list, you already have it. But it's going to be free on Amazon um, in the coming weeks and days. I want to show you some of the resources that I found that are not necessarily free, but some of them are discounted. And actually, some of them are free if it's your first time signing up. So there's tons and tons of stuff. There's there's free cybersecurity courses on MIT, Stanford, if you're willing to to take the time to go through these courses, there's a lot of stuff out there. But let me show you this. Let me see if I can bring it up real quick. If I can bring this thing up. Keep watching. This book is going to be free, but also I don't know if you've been watching me for a while. I do all these free promotions and stuff from time to time where I'm walking people through. Um, if you happen to catch it, you know, it's it's totally free. So. All right. Here's the book right here. Um, let me see here. Let's show you guys the screen here. <clears throat> and I apologize to you guys on. TikTok, you can't see it, but I will read through it. So it's a book I'm showing right now on my screen called Cybersecurity Fundamentals. And it just walks you through the best security practices that you need to know as a cybersecurity person. And um, at the end of each chapter, what I do is I break down a bunch of free and paid resources that you can use. These are not my resources. I'm not, I have no connection to these, but um, I'm just reading them right now. One is If you go to Khan Academy, spelled with K-H-A-N, academy.org, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? It's all over the place. Coursera.org, Code Academy, um, edx.org, w3schools.com. Even Microsoft has a learning portal that's free, free stuff. Um, Google has one. IT support has some free stuff on there. Udemy, of course, I'm sure you guys heard of that one. These are all and YouTube itself has tons and tons and tons of free stuff or very discounted stuff, especially if it's your first time signing up, where you can learn the common body of knowledge that you need to know. And I in this in this um course, what I do, or this book that I'm gonna be releasing out really soon, um it's gonna tell you exactly all the best practices you need to know. And then like, for example, it has a chapter on security awareness training that every organization needs to have, something that people sleep on. Nobody talks about this stuff. These are com. this is real stuff. This is not hacking the matrix. Like this is real stuff that gets you a real job and it pays good money, right? It's It's real work. So anyway, so one of the things that you need to know is security awareness training that you implement in an organization. And in those organizations, you're there, I give you a bunch of resources that you can actually download stuff for your organization. And then another one would be things like uh, protection of, of, of email and browsers. And then I, I at the end of the chapter, I t- basically tell you exactly what you need to do. And then at the end of it, it says, OK, here's some resources. Here's 10 resources that you can go to to learn this kind of stuff. Now, if you happen to be already on my newsletter, you already have a copy of this book because that's how I get my reviews is I I go through my people and they get it before, you know, before uh, everybody else gets it. So they already have it. The book is out right now, but I'm going to release a free version of it. Just keep watching. It's going to come out soon. There's some stuff I got to do in the background for the book. So coming soon. Let me see. excuse me excuse me um yannick my man yannick sap says uh what are the entry level positions to start when you are targeting sca or iso within a year as a timeline so where are you at yannick where are you at on this timeline where where are you are you already reading the books do you already are you do you have a degree already? Do you already have a security plus? How much work have you done? Are you an IT help desk person? Like I need to know where you're at so I can tell you where you go from here. Because it really depends on where you're at right now. If you could tell me that, I will expand on this. Right? And your background. What's your where are you at right now? Are you in a different career field and you're trying to? come into this one? Are you happen to be in the military? You're transitioning or, or is nothing? You're coming out of high school and you're wondering which way to go. Tell me where you're at and then tell me your background. What's your specialty? What do you do? Because sometimes, even if you're not in this field, there's certain things that lend themselves to you being great at IT, great at cybersecurity. Like, for example, if you happen to be in the healthcare industry, It's great for a transition into cybersecurity because they're actually looking for people right now. Talk about supply and demand. They're looking for people all the time to do it. And if you happen to already be a CNA, a nurse, or whatever, you know the jargon, you know HIPAA stuff. You've already been through some of the training. So you could actually transition quite well into doing something like IT compliance. Now all you need to learn is X. You you learn X and then all everything else starts falling in line. So I need to know where you are at. In your career, what are the entry level positions to start when you are targeting SCA and ISO within a year as a timeline? So since you're not answering me, let's say you're starting from absolute scratch. You don't know nothing. You just came out of high school. You worked at Nordstrom's as a sales clerk. All right. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Uh, so I would say, if that's you, what you need to do is build up the first thing you need to do is is read the common body of knowledge for i t in general. Don't even like SCA is very specialized. ISO work is very specialized. So right now, what you need to do is build up your basic i t skills. That means like learning how a computer works, learning how and I know it sounds like it's probably not what you want to hear, but if you're starting off from zero, That's where you want to start. You want to start with the foundation, the basics, the absolute basics. How does a computer work? Like, that's where you want to start. And once you start knowing that stuff, now you're ready to do the real training, which is um, like A plus certification type stuff. Like, that's a common body of knowledge that's difficult. Okay. Now, Yannick says specifically, when you have a real good understanding of risk management framework, and the seven steps. So what I'm saying, Yannick, is like, what I need to know is where you're at, man. If you tell me where you're at, I could tell you where to go. right. Just like if you were asking me, what are the, what are directions to Florida? Depends. You got to tell me where you are. Like, where are you on the map? So I could tell you, take a left at Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where you are. Tell me where you are. You got to tell me where you are so I can tell you, because it's not just, listen, let me just explain. You can't just learn risk management framework, the seven steps, and then suddenly get a job. Um, If you're a high school student and you go to Northrop Grumman and you say, I know risk, I know NIST 837 very well. Can I get a job here? More than likely, I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying it's highly improbable impro- because there's a few steps that you've missed. There's a few steps you missed. So I am I need to know where you are to tell you which way to go. If you tell me where you are, I can help you. But if I don't know where you're at, then it's gonna be kind of difficult for me to say, right, like if starting from zero if you're coming in up from high school, worst case scenario, you worked at Nordstrom's, you were a sales clerk, and now you want to do SEA, then the first step you need to do is crack a book open and learn IT stuff. The next step is going to be go a little bit deeper, go into the, something like A-plus certification, Google IT support. Now you're talking about how does IT work in an organization, because it's a little bit different from just doing stuff in your house. Now, now you're getting serious. The next step after that is going to be get an entry level position or do some stuff. Create a lab, work at your college, at your school, start fixing networks, fixing computers. Now you're getting hands on. Apply to an entry level uh, help desk position. Apply to a computer support position. Keep applying because those are they're difficult to get. They're probably not going to be working from home, you're probably not going to make $100,000 a year. You're going to start off where you are. That means they're going to have to teach you on the job and you're going to be making probably $20 an hour, which is not bad for a lot of people. So you're going to be working $20 an hour, whatever, $16 an hour, whatever it is. But now what you're doing is building up an infrastructure. You want to do that for about six, seven months, right? I'm talking about somebody who doesn't know anything. A lot of these gurus get on here, and they're like, man, you don't need to take A plus. Like, forget that. Go straight to the C- CCNA. Take the CCNA. Boom, 100,000. Boom, just like that. No, I'm telling you, that's, that's a lie. That's not true. I know that because I've been in this field for a long damn time. And I have been hiring people from time to time. I've been in a position where I'm hiring people. And I'm not hiring no dude that doesn't know basic ports and protocols. I'm not hiring. Like, no. Like, dude, I need to know that you know basic stuff you need to know basic things if you didn't take the time to learn basic things why the hell am i going to hire you if you didn't take 5 minutes to learn what ports protocols and services are then why am i going to take time and risk our organization on somebody who's not even going to take a few minutes to learn this stuff that's how they think i'm just this is tough love guys i'm just telling you how how the employers think they they want you to know how to do stuff so, if you want to know like how to get from here to there, tell me where you're at, and I can tell you where to go. I can, I you might it not might not be the answer you want to hear, but it'll be the truth. I I can promise you that it will be the truth. It'll be the truth from my perspective, from somebody who's been doing this twenty plus years in this industry. Okay, let me keep moving on. Eric says. Hi, Bruce. Thank you for sending me some job search engines, and I have been using ZipRecruiter. How's it going for you? Um, career builder, but no luck, okay? The description of work requirements are really discouraging with all of them saying one year minimum. Apply for them anyway. Keep applying, Eric. Keep applying. Apply anyway. Keep Just keep on applying. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Do not give up. Fail forward. Fail a hundred times. Fail a hundred times and then keep going. Do not stop. Look in your local area for jobs. You can get your foot in the door, especially I read your resume. You got something. Some people really have nothing. So keep trying. All right. Even maybe even stay like be at the place you're working right now. If you happen to have an employment, see if they have jobs doing IT within your organization. If they are setting up the network. Put that on your resume. If you can. I'm in Chicago. Um, Do you know which um, I'm in Chicago? Do you know which is the easiest city to get into? Hmm. Yeah. So the easiest city is going to be on the East Coast. Um, Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area has the most jobs uh, for for cybersecurity in particular. But Chicago's. Not too far off. I mean, Chicago, any big city is gonna have a ton of stuff going on. That being said, they have a ton of applicants too. So it's gonna be challenging, but you can do it if you keep on applying and keep keep on going, keep applying, not only put your resume everywhere, but also keep applying for those local positions. That's what you want to target, right? It's marketability is about finding the supply. What are people looking for? And then Providing them that. What is the demand, and then becoming the supply. That's what marketing is. So you you gotta know the market. And if you want to know the market, you can go to Indeed.com and start typing Help Desk. Indeed.com, type Help Desk. And in your local area, you want to keep it local. If you're if you're entry level, you gotta keep it local. More than likely, it's gonna be hard for you get. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just improbable. It's just not going to be, it's going to be easier to just spread your net wide right now. So I'm not telling you to lose hope on uh, remote jobs, but I'm telling you, don't just be narrow, be wide, like include the remote jobs, the flex jobs, the local positions where you have to go in and travel and stuff, include those. And if you can, if you're flexible enough, even include the ones to have nothing but travel, or the ones that are overseas. If you can do that, like that's not for everybody, right? Some some of us has kids and stuff, so we can't all do that. But cast your net wide and keep on trying over and over again. Um, too much too says, I just finished cybersecurity boot camp at Full Stack Academy. How was it? What do you say about it? Give us some a critique. What do you think? Would you encourage other people to do? The Full Stack Academy. Too Much Too says he just finished the cybersecurity boot camp at Full Stack Academy. If I told you uh, Too Much Too that I wanted to do the Full Stack Academy, would you recommend it? The cybersecurity, I started with no basic knowledge, so it was difficult, okay? Would you recommend it to somebody who doesn't know anything? And was the price right? What would you say about the price? I wouldn't, I wouldn't to someone who doesn't have any knowledge. Okay. When you walked away, did they give you a certification or a certificate or any kind of a voucher? Oh my, $16,000. All right. Sixteen bands, sixteen thousand dollars. Did you get a voucher for certifications? This is a boot camp. We're talking about cybersecurity boot camp. A lot of people ask me about that. That's why I'm picking your brain on this. I haven't done gone to. Yes, I can. I have a cert. Okay, what cert do you have? Too much to went to a very expensive boot camp. For $16,000, does not recommend it for somebody who's new, walked away with a certification. What certification do you have? I've got some other people chiming in about their what they believe is going on uh, with, with their opinions about the boot camp. And I'll read those in a second. But right now, too much too. I want to know what certification did you get? Is it like a certification for that particular bootcamp? Did they just give you like a cert to say, "Hey, this person passed the the full stack academy bootcamp." Either way, you need to put it on your resume. Exactly. Okay. Listen, put it on your resume, all right? Then the next thing it was it all security, it was cybersecurity stuff. The next thing I would recommend you do Hmm. Definitely put it on your resume. That's the next thing you should do. Put it on your resume that you actually did that full stack academy. Um, What could you, where could you go from here? What's your experience like? What kind of, too much to, what kind of experience do you have? Any experience, what's your, what field do you work in? I want to know what field you work in. I'm getting some other people chiming in. I didn't get any certs like an A plus. All right. So here, here's the thing. You're trying to break into the cybersecurity field and you're willing to invest in yourself. That's a that's a huge plus. Okay. So first of all, I want to I want to say that's that's more than most people are willing to do. Like you're willing to invest in yourself, you're willing to put in the work. And the time and the effort and energy to keep going. Listen, listen, keep going. Okay, keep going. There's a few certifications that I would recommend you do. Um, okay, you said, I was in gas turbine engineer in the Navy, so I'm changing career fields. Okay, I, I got you. I hear you. All right, so all right so let me see what would i do if i given the same situation what would i so number one i would not stop that's one thing i do not do um you definitely are in a this is definitely a good path to go in but now we got to get the next step would be knowing what i know now what would i do i just took a sixteen thousand dollar boot camp i got a full stack academy sec- certification. And I've got a bunch of knowledge in my head about cybersecurity. So, um, the way to get in is to get your foot in the door using some experience, but you probably don't have any experience. So, hmm. So, there's a couple things that you might be able to do. I'm thinking of going back to school to get some experience somewhere. Okay. So, that's. I'm thinking about going back to school. Okay, so you said you were in the military. So here's here's what you can do. There's a couple of programs that they have for vets, where they'll not only pay for your degree but help you to get a job. They'll help you to transition from whatever job you had in the military. Here's what I would do for you. I have a friend who also, uh, a couple friends, of people that I know who who did this. What I'm about to tell you. So. And I'm going to see if I can find the the names of this stuff. But if you're a vet, if you've been in the military, they have a couple of programs where you can, they're going to pay you to go to school. They're going to pay you your whole tuition, everything, books, everything. And um, they'll also help you to get a job to transition into something that's more in line with the civilian world. Uh, If you haven't heard about this, man, um, let me see if I can look it up. Um, it's called, man, my buddy just told me about this and he's been doing it. um, uh, military retraining. They do this for, for military vets because a lot of times our jobs don't align with what's on the outside. Like if you're a boom operator, the guys who fuel planes in the, in the sky, right? There's not a lot of civilian jobs for that job. So, There's more jobs for, like, IT or cybersecurity or something, and they pay better. So they have this retraining program for vets. And I'm trying to figure out what it's called. If you guys know what it – remember what it's called, then please chime in Um, for vets. Free retrain. It's called Veteran retraining assistance program that's what it is so okay i hope you're listening i hope you're still on man like so here's what i would do if i are you this i hope you have a pen and paper it's called uh vrap okay v-r-a-p victor romeo alpha papa Been out of the military so long I'm forgetting the uh (laughs) how to say the damn. (laughs) It's called VRAP. Uh so it's veteran retraining assistant program. This allows qualifying veterans between the ages of 35 and 60 to receive up to 12 months of education assistance. They pay you. They pay you. Um Here it is right here if you happen to be watching me all right so i know a couple people who who've who've done this so they'll train you and i went to one of these dude so check this out so i went to one of these because i was like man they're gonna retrain me damn so i'm sitting in the class and everybody was just talking about what i already do and then i just left i was like this class is not for me They were all talking about what I already do. I was thinking to myself, what am I what am I doing here? Like what am I they're all talking about, oh yeah, you know, you can work in cybersecurity. It makes a hundred thousand a year and you can work from home. And I was just like listening to the class, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm I don't think this class is for me. <laughs> it was for a, you know, it was a lot of like truck drivers and stuff and People who like they they were doing their MOS from the military, their whatever specialty code they did in the military. But it just didn't have jobs on the outside. So anyway, Veterans Retraining Assistant Program, VRAP. That's one of the programs you that I would recommend you do. If you're trying to if you're trying to spend the time and money and energy to to do this, man, use the damn military, man. Use You know, only about 5% of us actually participate in this volunteer military. If there's anybody who deserves to use this program, it's you. These, excuse my French civilians, but these mother effers have not done the military. They're not in the military, man. They did not risk their life, right? They did not do these dangerous ass jobs that's jacked up our lungs and stuff. They did not do it. There's only like 5% of us who do it or less than that. And you did. You need to take advantage of this money they're giving you. Do not let that money sit there because that's exactly what it's going to do if you don't take advantage of this. Veteran Retraining Assistance Program. They're going to pay you. You get paid every month for, for a year or more. Look it up. They, they even have programs that will walk you through how to do it. You should have a local – usually they'll have a local VA office where you can go into, and then they'll walk you through it. You sit in the class. They have a whole class. They have spreadsheets, and they have, like, a power a PowerPoint and say, okay, you know, here's how you do it, and here's the papers you need to fill out. I'll, we'll fill it out altogether. That's what the class did. So, man, take advantage of this. All right, let me see. Let me go to the next thing here. Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, let me see here. That helps a lot of people, you know. So a lot of people just don't know about it. And unfortunately, military is really bad at advertising what you're what you're due. Like they also don't tell you about the VA. Uh if you didn't know, man. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I gotta tell you about this last one. Okay. Um, if you don't have a VA loan, bro. Of a housing VA loan, you need to do it because they give you something like $500,000, man, to get a house. If you haven't done that, man, you got to do it. It's just sitting there. Like it's there for you. There's a bunch of money that just sits there for vets. If you don't take advantage of it, right, the bank is obligated to give you a, a loan for a home. And it's really good. It's one of the best loans you can get from it's not free money, but they do pay a lot of the fees. Of your loan, like it's they give you lower interest rates. They you pay all your fees up front. Um, you come out of your pocket paying zero to get into that loan. Now it is a loan, like it's a mortgage loan from a bank, but it's better than the FHA loan. It's better than conventional loans. It's better than any other most of the other loans that are out there. Only for vets. That's another one you need to take advantage of. Uh, let me see here. Man, I've been talking for like two hours. I don't have much time left here, guys, but I'll answer the rest of these questions here. Um, try to go faster on these. Um, definitely look into Palo Alto, SailPoint, uh, IAM certs. Okay, went to GT. For cyber and, and network security, getting my certification Security Plus and Cloud Plus. Currently a consultant. Oh man, congrats on that! The man's making money. Any advice for a novice uh, with an unrelated good job? Okay, with who wants to get into this industry? Okay, yes, I do. Keep your job. Hear me out. Okay, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being an asshole. Keep your job. It's, you said it's a good job, unrelated. Use the money and resources from your current job to start building up your skills, buying books, taking courses to transition into cybersecurity, but keep your job, right? To start building up your your, uh, your knowledge set. Then what you wanna do, check this out. Look on your current Organization, whatever organization you work for, whether it's healthcare industry, pharmaceutical industry, health, um, whatever it is, financial sector, whatever it is, look for jobs that are for IT uh, for the work you do. Sometimes they'll have a way to laterally train or laterally go into a job in that same organization to do IT stuff. So. What I'm trying to tell you to do is start where you are, wherever you happen to be, whatever it feels. It doesn't even matter what field you could be a sales clerk at J.C. Penney's, and you want to go into IT. There's an IT person, there's an IT department in J.C. Penney's. Talk to the IT guys in J.C. Penney's and tell them, like, call them up and be like, normally they're trying to get like calls from troubleshooting stuff, right? You working at JC Be like, call the IT department or email them. And be like, hey guys, I'm thinking about. I'm a sales clerk, and I'm thinking about cross training. Cross training—that's a military term from the Air Force. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm thinking about taking a job as IT. Do you are is do you guys know if the IT department is looking for jobs? I'm telling you this because I did this in the. This is what I did in the Air Force. I was a Security Forces guy. That means a police. I was an MP. Um, I was a military police, I was a weapon specialist. That's all I knew. I just did that's not what I wanted to do. Like, I, I have a great respect for police officers. That shit's hard, but I didn't want to do it. So I was in there and I was like, damn, like I don't want to do this on the outside. So what I did was I called up. Actually, I went there myself. I went to the IT department on base. I was in uniform, had my weapon and everything. I had a few minutes on my lunch break in my police vehicle. I drove over. To the it department on base right found out where it was like oh here it is drove over there walked in and they were like is there any, is everything okay officer i was like yeah it's cool i just, actually i had a question for you guys i'm trying to cross train into your field like what what advice could you guys give me and they were like oh man like they start breaking down everything i needed to do they were like oh yeah like here's how you do it um, and I start asking them because I was like, Well, what if I want to be a programmer? And they were like, Nah, this this is the help desk. The programmers are a whole different field. I didn't know. Like, I was just asking to so them probably sound dumb questions, but I just didn't know. I didn't know that I thought they were all like an IT guy meant you just program stuff or something. I didn't know, you know. So they were like, nah, I mean programmers are on the other side of the base, they do some other stuff, like their stuff is that that's totally different. I don't even know what the hell they do. Actually, and they were like, "That's oh, help desk. What we do is we take calls. They start breaking it all down to me, and they said, "Yeah, man. Um, actually, Jones, Airman Jones used to be in security forces. You know, talk to him. He used to do it. Like he cross trained. Like a lot of people cross trained. They start breaking it all down. It's like, oh yeah, I want to do this. By the time I was done talking to those IT guys, I knew for sure I wanted to do it. Because this is not for everybody. This is not for everybody. I knew I was already a geek. I already knew. I already was into computers, but." I didn't I definitely didn't know enough to like know what the hell was going on. (laughs) But those guys broke broke it all down for me. And then after I talked to them for about 30 minutes, I was like, okay, I definitely want to cross train into this. But they were telling me what their work day was like. They were telling me like what they do on a regular basis. They were saying, yeah, we fix these computers. It's Windows systems. We do this and that. And I was like, well, what about networking stuff? Like what? And they were like, nah, networking's a different department. So you can learn that stuff. And I've done a little bit of it, but that's a different department. You know, software guys, that's a different department. That's, you know, but you got, they're breaking it all down. It's like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. And then after it was done, I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm trying to cross train into computers. And he said, no, you can't. I was like, what? I said, why? He said, no, we need people to be cops. We can't, we're not, they're not gonna let you go. And I was like, damn, right? And I was like, wait a minute, that don't make sense. So then I drove to I'm telling you, you got to do legwork, right? This is not <laughs> don't give up. So I drove across the base and they had this um, it was called the MFC mission support program. Mission support, I don't know, I can't remember, it was a long time ago. They named China this is the Air Force, they changed the name 15 different times. So anyway, it was it was an or it was an organization on base where they help people to cross train from here to there. So I went directly to them and I said, I went into the office armed up. Like I was, they were like, Hey officer, how you doing, sir? You know, had my beret on, had the freaking arms right on my break. And they're like, can we help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to cross train into computers. Like my boss is saying, my supervisor is saying that that's not possible. He's like, he's like, man, no. I said, I said, well, he said that the cop, the cop career field it needs people, so they're not letting people cross train. He said, "Well, that's true, but the computer field needs people even more." And I said, "Oh." He said, "Yeah." Here's a book, and he started flipping through the book. All the stuff I can do. My point is, like, you may not have the same situation that I have, but my point is, start where you are. You happen to be working at in uh, J.C. Penney's as a store clerk. You happen to be a mechanic. You happen to be wherever you're working. Use it. To transition over to what you want to do, you can literally stay in the same company and be working IT department right now. You can go talk to the IT guys right now and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to get into this. What I want to do, what you guys are doing? Like, what can you tell me about your day? You'd be surprised how many people will be like, "Oh yeah, man, it's no problem." They'll take the time to geek out with you and tell you everything you need to know so you know what next step to do, and then. Sometimes organizations, especially if it's a really good company, they want to retain good people. So they'll even have a program inside to say, okay, you work in IT, you want to go work in human resources? Okay. Just we'll train you on the job. Sometimes they'll even allow you to keep your current job and you just do some off. You can just go over there, do a little bit of time working on this other field until you get on-the-job training, and then they'll transition you over there. I've worked at organizations who will do that, not just the military. The military was doing that too, but I've worked in organizations that did that. Um, I was working in Verizon, and they were doing that. They had programs where you could go from this part to this part over here, and all you had to do is ask, and then they'll start the steps to get you over there because they're trying to retain good people. Now, if you're a dirtbag They're not going to want to keep you. So, (laughs) but if you happen to be a good worker, you've been working there for quite some time. Like, hell, if you're a new guy, but you just you can just tell like what it doesn't hurt to ask. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't hurt to ask. And so that's that's what I would do for you. Uh, Let me see. Do you script PowerShell or Bash? I mean, I used to do a little bit of it, but right now I'm, I'm so I'm so out of work on that, man. I I I really don't. I'm just messing around with like regex and I I don't remember any of that stuff, man. I don't you don't need to be a programmer to do cybersecurity. I mean, not all of us do that. There's different aspects of cybersecurity, but no, I don't know PowerShell or Bash. Um, I know how to get around on the command line, but I don't know scripting. Um, uh, let me see. C-I-A-T and AMU have classes for vets as well? That's awesome. Good to know. Uh, what if you're not a vet? Okay. This was in re- reference to stuff I was talking about with the veteran affairs. Like, I think I already talked about that. If you happen to be have a job, you, you happen to be working in retail, you happen to be working in as a mechanic and you want to cross-train, cross, I keep saying cross-train, you want to transition or laterally move, try the organization first. I mean, if, even if you work at Home Depot has a a huge IT department. If you work in Home Depot and you're a floor clerk or whatever they call it, and you want to do IT, start there. Start where you are and try to transition laterally inside the organization because they have a huge department of IT. Most of these, especially if you work for a big box company, Walmart, uh, Home Depot, um, name a company. They have an IT department. Try to get into that IT department or at least talk to them. At least talk to them because you might not want to do this, but you you might get talking to them and say, "Okay, that's what I want to do. And then they'll tell you, oh, yeah, there's a program that you can do this and you can do that. Or, hey, why don't you come down to the office? Maybe we can train. We can teach you some stuff. That's fire right there. If They teach you stuff like on your own off duty time. You can literally put that on your resume and be like, yeah, I. I did um endpoint device, you know, I reimaged fifteen endpoint devices in the with department of um department of uh with Home Depot or whatever. you know what I mean like you could literally put that on your resume with that company. um uh, let me see somebody said turbo turbo maniacal says. Hey Bruce, finally certified in CGRC or Certified Governance Risk and Compliance as of yesterday. Thanks to some of your videos and pointers. Congratulations, Um, CGRC. I've been using it for many, many years when it was still called the CAP. And it's been very helpful for uh, information system security officer positions um, and also ISSE positions. Any kind of governance positions, it's helped me out quite a bit because if you know NIST 800-37, it actually helps you with uh, PCI DSS. It helps you with Sarbanes-Oxley. It helps you with um, HIPAA. It helps you with a lot of different ISO 27001, 2020, 2013. Like it helps you with all these things because all of these things kind of line up. That's been the real magic behind the CGRC that I only am recently within the last four or five years learning is how closely it aligns with all these other uh, security frameworks. It's really amazing. So but congratulations on that. Uh, Let me see. Um, Is. Is joining the Air Force National Guard an option to get into cybersecurity and what are the requirements? Yes. Um, If you're up for getting into the military um, to doing the military service, Air Force National Guard and Air Force Reserves are are also great options because you can do cybersecurity um, from the reserves and from the Guard. And the requirements, I don't know the requirements. Um, Air National Guard. Requirements. I don't know that there's an age script requirement. Let me see. Air National Guard requirements. You see, I don't know. I've never been in the National Guard. So if somebody can, okay, must be 18 years of older or older, um, must obtain 65 qualifying score on the ASVAB and obtain... Obtain 15 or more credit hours from college um, to gain same eligibility for high school graduate. Okay, so either you're a high school graduate or you have 15 15 credits from college. And then on the ASVAB, you got to get a 65. ASVAB, you can just keep retaking it until you get a 65. It's not hard. Um, And then you got to be at least 18 years of age. That's it. Yep. No problem. No problem. Thanks for sharing. No problem. Um, are AI advancements at threats Are AI advancements a threat to certain IT areas? Oh, yeah. It's a good question. Um, I have to say I have to say yes. <laughs> the more I know about. AI, the more I'm like, okay, all righty then, this is going to be crazy. (laughs) Yes, it's absolutely a threat to some cybersecurity jobs, um, to some IT areas. I would say any kind of entry-level jobs, eventually they'll be able to do 100% of those from AI um, automatically. Um, I could see it taking that completely over. I mean, um, I would say the biggest threat to it as a whole is people who know how to use AI people who know if you know how to use AI to your advantage you are going to be you are going to be able to do way more than somebody who doesn't know how to use AI in their field because what I'm seeing what's interesting is that AI is such a is such a pervasive Technology is so, it it can do so many things that what's happening is it's starting to evolve in every single field, in every single subcategory of every single field. To give you a perfect example, cybersecurity is not just one thing, cybersecurity is multiple things. So, what I'm seeing is, I'll give you a specific example. One part of our field is Pen testing. That's all the gurus who, who know how to hack stuff and all that kind of stuff. Red teaming, pen testing. That's what they call it. Black hats, white hats, whatever. But they do hacking, ethical hacking. Okay, that's one field. Another field, it would be like um, support. Support engineers like Dave—they're uh, they, the guys who uh, information system security engineer is somebody who fixes the devices that we use to make sure everything's secure. Like for example, they might fix the firewall. Like they're not necessarily working on the—they're not the firewall administrator, but they're the guy who sets up the firewall and make sure it continues to work. Um, that might be one system. Okay, so you take these two strips that are within uh cyber so ai is already there already is something called a pen test gpt and it's, it reminds me of what happened when kali linux came on the field came in in this picture because before backtrack is what it used to be called before they made an entire operating system and all these scripts and all these tools that you have for st- for building out hacking tools, you had to just know straight up command line and you had to be kind of a programmer. You just had to know how to program. You had to know like Python. You had to know uh, any kind of programming you knew before backtrack and before people, they would build their own tools. It was hardcore. It was these mother, these guys were hardcore. Then you had, Cali Linux come in where, where you have a whole suite of tools that are very complicated. You still have to know some stuff to actually use those tools, by the way. You can't just not. But it's it opened the field up way bigger, way bigger, because before that, you had to know how to program to be a hacker, period, period, unless you were doing social engineering like Kevin Mitnick, right, who was also ha- a hacker for sure. So you had to be very, very skilled uh programmer for the most part Your are dan Kamis- kaminsky's look that guy up like that guy's no joke so and there's many many others uh another one's bruce schneier the guy who made uh two fish crypto uh cryptography there's a they are very 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 talented brilliant brilliant people that happen to be working in it in cybersecurity. but they're like they could be an astrophysicist or some shit. like if they wanted to <laughs> they're super smart so All programmers, straight up hackers. But before Backtrack and Kali Linux, the field was very narrow. That's the same thing that I'm seeing happen with AI. There's something called, uh, there's a couple of them. One is called uh, Pentest GPT, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head right now, but there's a whole bunch of them. There's one, there's a dark web GPT. There's There's several that are being made and being developed right now as we speak and it's going to broaden the field to make more people make it easier for anybody to hack like anybody will be able to hack if you know ai stuff so another part of cybersecurity there's several uh but a really good example is uh, people who code or engineers who build stuff in cybersecurity now it's easier to code so just using um chat gpt or other tools that are gpt oriented ai oriented you could use that to more people can come in and do programming so i see it changing the whole field to answer the question it will definitely eliminate some jobs the the more easier the easy jobs the super easy jobs that are just copy and paste from here to here gone those jobs are freaking gone um and then the next thing would be people who know how to use chat gpt and ai and no program like if you know how to hack and you know how to use ai you are going to be way more effective at at hacking than a dude who just knows how to code what like 10 times it's not even it's it's just way smarter than a human like it's just way smarter so it's gonna be ten times if you know how to do some hacking, and you know how to use ChatGPT, and you have a you have a a, a system that's focused on just hacking, like a pen test uh test GPT that some Singaporean dude created, um, right? I'm just saying, like random people from all over the world are creating these things, and the it's making it so that each part of our field is is going to have an aspect of ai in it so all of us need to know it like if you are in it you need to know it like you need to know it as fast as possible you need to start learning it messing around with it because it's going to be in everything it's gonna it's already they're already talking about putting it in windows they're already putting it in windows windows 11 is getting an upgrade where it's going to have chat tpd built into the operating system they're not messing around microsoft is not messing around um, Google is also doing the same thing on all products, by the way, not just BARD. They're going to put it in um, the entire suite. They're going to put it in, I don't know, Google Sheets. They're going to put it in Google Docs. They're going to put it in all every part of their entire suite will have some aspect of, of AI in it. And I think that all vendors are going to follow this. I think Cisco is going to put it in there. Routers and switches. I think that they'll that um, I don't know Splunk is going to put it in the to technology. it will it will be dope in Splunk. If you put it in Splunk, it will be dope. They should do it right now. Um, Tenable, I think Tenable at it. I think that I think it'll be like it'll be as pervasive. It'll be like menus. It'll be like a menu. It it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be like auto. Uh, autocorrect like you know how autocorrect is everywhere if you're on a browser it's there if you happen to be typing something on uh on your screen right now you can see you know it'll auto correct. What you know it'll be like that it'll be everywhere like a menu it's gonna be everywhere so big fix man it would it's so good with big data man it's no joke it's no jo- i was messing around with it you can give it large you can give it relatively large sets of crazy data like it, like whenever you if you've looked at logs and you were trying to find a threat within a log if you just looked at it as a human being you got to go line by freaking line and read everything you might miss miss some stuff cuz it's a lot it's just you know but if you give it to ChatGPT and say hey find any uh interesting traffic in this these logs go it'll find it in a split second and then break down in a priority which ones that you should look at where to look how to how it looks what everything it's freaking amazing man it's it's really going to change humanity fundamentally in every way shape and form it's going to change us who we are as a species it's that powerful i'm not it's not an exaggeration it's it's going to happen. Like, There's no way we can escape this one. There's no way. And there's no stopping it. You can't put it back in the box. You can forget about that. Because if we stop, the U.S. is like, nah, you know what? This is too dangerous. You think China's going to stop? Nothing's going to chop stop China. Nothing. Right now, they have one called Ernie, and it's a GPT equivalent. And, and the only thing stopping them from releasing it is because it won't stop saying bad things about Xi Jinping. Like they have to make it so that it doesn't say bad things about the government. <laughs> it can't say anything bad about this government. <laughs> it's 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 powerful, man. It's no joke. Uh, let me see. AI and big Fist will be so dope. Oh my god, it'll be so. It. The more data you give it, the more it just like blows my freaking mind. It blows my mind. Um so cyber security auditing jobs are gone because of AI. No, 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 no. No, I don't think so. Um because I don't think so because there's too much risk to just give all your data to a system. I think it might um it'll change the landscape for sure. And I don't think it's taking cybersecurity jobs for probably another 10 10 years if even that but and the reason why i say that is because there's too much risk involved because right now it's still a black box meaning you put you give it information and it just does stuff right you don't know why it did it it just it just does it with with important information when important with important information it's important to have transparent transparency you have to know what's happening with the data because there's too much risk if you if let me I'll give you an example. Let's say you you work at a in a government agency and that government agency is getting attacked. Right? And the AI controls the entire network. And the AI sees a distributed attack and it's the attack is so big that the AI decides to shut off certain uh, ports and it just shuts it down well what if you needed those ports for a fundamental part of your business um if you know this is hypothetical so who knows like it did maybe they would have configured it better than, you know i don't know but let's say for the sake of just like following this all the way through let's say it's just cut off a couple of ports because they were getting attacked they said okay the ai just decided all right I'm just going to cut this off because we don't want anybody getting in here. It, I see an attack happening. Boom, gone. But let's say that port that it closed down, it made its own split second decision, closed the port down. And now part of your business is gone. Part of your business is shut down for as long as this port is closed. And you guys are like, what? Ha- what's going on? And then you go and you turn it back on. It's like, hey, what's going on? Somebody goes and turns it back on again and then it turns it off again. And you don't know why it is. It's. And then maybe there's something, a back end thing where it's telling you verbose mode is telling you, okay here's why I turned. I shut it down. Here's an alert, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's nonsense. That's a false positive. This is not a reason to shut our business down or, hey, we're willing to take the risk. We're getting attacked, but we have to remain in business because every minute that this thing is down, we're losing a million dollars. There's too much risk that they're going to give it to a black box. Right now. Maybe in the future when it's smart enough to do to that people trust it more, then maybe. But I don't I don't feel like the financial sector is gonna the there's a couple industries that are not gonna do it because it's too risky. The financial sector on big deals, like if it's just making all these, even if it's making all these really good bets, and then one day it does it makes the wrong bet, and then boom, they lose all their money. And it was because they trusted in AI, right? The AI had been doing 90%. It's good. But then that one time it loses $15 million on uh, NVIDIA stock, which is right now do, killing it. They're on their way to a trillion dollars. But <laughs> let's say that they keep on putting it on NVIDIA and then something happens with NVIDIA. Boom, they lost trillion dollars. They lost $15 million, whatever, in five seconds. It's too much risk to give to a black box. It's too much risk. To give to an AI at this at this time. Maybe at some point you'd have some, some kind of checks and balances that would allow it to be done. But I don't, I just don't think it's gonna replace us right just now. There's too much risk involved. Will it supplement us and make us better? Yes, for sure. Like that, that's needed, actually. Um, there's not enough people doing this work in cybersecurity. In the last five jobs I've been. They're always low manned. We're always low manned. We're always overworked. We're always wearing like 15 different hats. AI would be great. Automation and AI is going to be great to help us out. So the more AI, the more algorithms, the more automation we have, the better. Um, Let me see, I got some other questions here. Um, AI is here to stay people better start getting used to it. Yeah, for sure. What about a uh, SOC analyst? I think a uh, same thing. I think it's going to supplement a SOC analyst. Um, back when when seams start using more um, algorithms, they started getting really. I think seams already are kind of using a, a a small AI. A seam is a a security um, information and, and event manager, and what it does is it takes in all the logs and it's allowing uh analysts SOC analysts security operating center analysts to look at the data and say okay this looks like um interesting traffic this looks like a vulnerability this looks like what are we going to do with this let's start the process of doing an incident response well a seam already has an ai that's kind of correlating some of the data that means it's saying okay i see this traffic this traffic's just come through the firewall on this port and it's attacking this specific server on the DMZ and it shouldn't be going to this port and it's saying it's email that should be on port 25 but it's going to this other port and it's also sending traffic to this other system and then based off of it correlating this port with this uh system and this it takes all that together correlates it compares it and it has an algorithm that says okay this looks like an incident it looks like this specific virus seam technology already kind of has uh an ai like a dumb ai in it not well dumb compared to chat gpt <laughs> it has a dumb ai already in it kind of and um think of it as kind of like whenever you play grand theft auto i got any gamers here have you ever played grand theft auto and you're running from the cops or something <laughs> and the cops are doing dumb shit you know they're like flying off bridges or whatever that that's using ai but it's like not a smart ai it's using like a a, an algorithm that does this or that based off of what what's happening on the screen so scene technology already has that firewalls have it um uh a lot of technology we already have cybersecurity in particular already has like a dumb a dumb ai now it's just going to have a super freaking smart ai so actually i think it just makes our job easier I don't think it's going to get rid of sock analysts. I think it's going to enhance your job. What might happen is if it gets really good, like if a one sock guy, you best believe, if one sock guy can do the job of 15, they're going to let 15 other efforts go. You know what I mean? <laughs> you better believe cuz man, this is capitalism's no joke, boy. They will fire you. If they can replace you, they freaking will. If they if listen to me, If these guys can fire you and get rid of you and just have an AI do everything, you better believe that's exactly what they're going to do. What I'm telling you is they're not going to take the risk because it's too right now It's too risky. Maybe in about within 10 years when it becomes like super duper smart, you can do everything. Maybe, maybe then I don't know. Maybe they have some kind of governance system that gets rid of some of the risk that's involved or something. Then we better watch out. We better get basic income or something because we're all out of a job then i don't know um let me see have you tried cloud quest game thoughts and no, i've not tried that is that a let me see what is that cloud quest game what is that let me just google that real quick cloud quest game This better not be some porn or something man <laughs> AWS Cloud Quest interactive role playing game. Hmm. What is this? Is this a way to learn cloud? Oh, that's dope. Is this okay? AWS Cloud Quest is a only is the only role playing game that helps you build practical AWS Cloud skills. Oh wow. That's really cool. No, I have I seen this before. I feel like I've seen this before. Look at this. This is really cool. Thanks, man. I didn't know about this. AWS Cloud Quest is a role-playing game that allows you to learn AWS cloud skills. Um, choose your choose your role. Cloud practitioner, serverless developer, solution architect, machine learning specialist. Oh, that's AI right there. So, uh, security specialist, data analyst. Uh, then Learn and apply cloud skills to help the citizens of your virtual city. Um, Once you finish all the assignments in the role, showcase your achievements with digital badges. Oh, say gamified learning cloud AWS. That's really clever. Uh, Whether you're starting your cloud learning journey or diving into specialized, this sounds really fun. Wow. This sounds really, really cool. And look at this. It has... Different cloud quests that you could do. And the first one's free, cloud practitioner. Then you have to have a subscription once you go up in, if you kind of specialize in like solution architecture or serverless developer or machine learning or any of that stuff. Wow, no, I've never heard of that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Feral. Awesome. That's great, great stuff right there okay let me see if what other i'm worried that my future software developer journey could be in vain i still enjoy the learning well i would say angie learn to use ai okay software developers are not going anywhere what will happen is somebody who knows how to use the ai you still like even to develop code effectively in an organization you're still going to have to have developers but now the tools are just way way better and let me tell you something some organizations like the department of defense are not going to jump on ai immediately they have too much to lose they can't just they can't afford to just pull in the latest and greatest technology immediately because there's too much risk involved they're a risk averse organization for a good reason so Organizations like that are not going to just jump into AI, but they still need software developers in their environments, in secure environments. So the fear of of what's going on, I think, is a little unfounded. It's a little bit premature. It's no, it's a lot premature. It's, it's. I think what's happening is that it's it's so viral um, that people are kind of like. Overinflating the capabilities of ai let's see it's amazing it's really revolutionary and it's definitely amazing but is it going to replace all jobs immediately no i don't think so because take for example a software developer you still have to know software development in order to do the work <laughs> even if you use ai to develop software if you don't if you don't if if there's certain things you can do that if you don't know what you're doing you can you can really mess some stuff up like stuff is either not going to work or it's going to be very it's going to have vulnerabilities in it now you can use ai to say okay are there any vulnerabilities in this code right there's certain things you can do but i think my my hot take on it is that if you have invested all this time, money, and energy into becoming a software engineer, a cybersecurity person, a, a SOC analyst, it's a great opportunity for you to learn a, how to use AI to enhance your career. This is a great, great opportunity. You, By the time the rest of um, society catches up with what's going on, you'll know, how to do software engineering, and how to use AI to enhance your skill set. And then meanwhile, all these other new people who just use AI but don't know what's going on with their specialization are trying to get in the door, but you're already in. See, I mean, I hope that makes sense. That's how I'm seeing it. I'm using it to enhance my career, and um, it's, very, it's fascinating. It's definitely fascinating. Will it take jobs? I'm sure like data entry, I think is gone. Somebody said HR. I don't think HR is going to be, I don't think HR is going to go away. Like, I think you need HR people. Like, if something's wrong with my check, I don't want to talk to freaking AI. You think I'm going to try to talk to AI? You think I'm going to call AI if my check didn't come in? I'm going to talk to an AI if my check did. Think about it. You want to talk to an AI when your check didn't come in? No, I want to talk to a damn person. And say, hello, sir, or ma'am. Um, I didn't receive payment. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what All right, let me see here. Cloud AWS is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so awesome. That's really cool. Um, what's the best website to apply for foreign jobs in cybersecurity compliance? You mean overseas? You mean like you're you're in. Nigeria, and you're trying to you're trying to come here, or I'm in the U.S. and I want to apply for Nigeria. I'll show you how I do it. I'll walk you for those who are on TikTok um, and want to listen in. I'll I'll explain every step that I do as I do this. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to Indeed. No, we're going to go to Google. Check this out. So let's say you're in the U.S. and you want to get a job in I don't know um, UK. Let's say I want to get a job in UK. Here's how I do it. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google or Bing. Chat probably would be better. Bing will probably be better now than Google. <laughs> but I'm on Google. So let's type in um, top job sites in UK. First thing we want to do is nail down the top 10 job sites in that country because every country has different job sites that they that they uh, use. And all the, um, why that's important is because a lot of the employers are focusing on a few of the top, I mean, they're gonna put them on all of them, but there's a few that are gonna be dominant. Like the, there's gonna be a top 10 that almost everybody is gonna put their job on. So I just typed in UK and what I'm looking at is Indeed, surprisingly, Glassdoor, okay, Monster, linkedin read which i've never even heard of uh cv library um and a few others so you're going to look at the top 10 in that country whatever it is and then you're going to apply to every single one you're going to marketing still applies what you're going to do is look for what jobs are hot in that country because different countries have different needs so you want to find out what what's the demand in the uk for example What is the demand? So the demand in the UK might be that they don't necessarily want somebody who knows the NIST 800 for I'm just giving an example. They might not want somebody who knows the NIST 853 or whatever. Right. That's not the controls they use there. They might use ISO 27001. They might that which is a international standard. They might use they might want really want GDRP people. GDRP is a privacy standard for um, privacy in the EU. They might want, they might have a whole different set of demands that they need in the UK. You want to start to try to feel that demand. Now you might be thinking, well, Bruce, what if I don't have those skills? Do I just lie on my resume? No. So what you would do is let's say GDRP, right? Let's say GDRP is something everybody wants. Find a way, listen to me, to put it on your resume. You don't have to lie. I'm not telling you to lie. You could say learning GDRP. And then learn GDRP, like like literally act up, look it up, read GDRP, what it is, and then put learning GDRP on your resume. Is that lying? No, it's not lying. And let's say that um, instead of the CISSP, they a lot of the organizations, you'll notice they're wanting people to have ITIL certification. All right, And you don't have an ITIL certification like you don't have that. So then what you do is you say working on ITIL level four certification and then actually go work on it. Like go find out where it is, like what, how much is going to cost? Figure that out and put that. Find a way to put it on your resume. Right. Find a way. I'm not telling you to lie. I'm telling you to cheat. <laughs> find a way to put that shit on your resume find out what the market is in that country find out and then try to supply be the supply that's that's all i've done over the years and it's really really worked and i've not lied on my resume and so the reason why i don't lie on my resume because i want to kill the interview and the only way for me to kill the interview is be truthful because when i speak from like here it comes through like people feel it they feel it when you like when you're real When you're speaking from the heart and you're telling them, this is what I did. I did this, this, this. I had challenges with this. They feel it right on the call that you're having or right on the interview. Super important. Like speak from experience. Speak from truth. Okay, let me see. True, I also failed the CompTIA CYSA plus exam. Oh, man, just retake it. I failed some exams before. I I failed... um, I used to have a C- CCNA, and then when I went back years later, I went back to go take it. I freaking failed it, man. I freaking bombed it. I was like, what? I was blown away. I was devastated, pissed off, angry at myself, vowed to take it over, and then I never did. <laughs> yeah, but don't give up. If like if that's what you really want, go for it. Uh, let me see um thoughts on wgu for cbia um i don't know what cb is i a do you mean oh do you mean cyber and information assurance i'm hearing i hear really good things about wgu um i i would say it's a from everything i've heard it sounds like a great college. I, I know people who have great jobs from the WGU um, as far as the cybersecurity and information assurance um, curriculum. Um, shit, go for it. Go for it. Like that's, that's awesome. Only thing I would say is if you happen to be a student, just start trying to get experience while you're in school is what I would say. If you're in school, try to get that experience while you're there. Don't wait till after. That means like do student work programs, do try to apply for internships now. Work at the school, like go in, volunteer your time. You could put that on your resume. Put that on your resume. Uh, do freelance work. If you happen to let's say you went through a class and now you know how to do hookup wireless because of this class and you were doing it on your own and you did a lab, do some do some freelance work. Go freelance some stuff on um on your local you know, in local uh, area and put that on your resume. Um, Shit. Like if you, if you started doing web, web design, you started doing web design, you know how to do it. Like you just really know how to do it. And you did something for yourself, like put yourself on Fiverr or Upwork, do some stuff on there and do some freelance work there. And then that way you could put it on there and have a portfolio and everything, you know? So do stuff like that. If you, if you know, scanning, like use that skill, whatever skill you have, like, Actually use it and apply it. And so you can put that on your resume. They want to see what you've done, not the theories, you know, if that makes any sense. That's what's more important is what you do, not not necessarily what you You have to know the stuff to do it. Right. So I'm not saying telling you not to get a cert or to get a degree. Those are I have those. But the the sort of the, certif- the um, in the experience, man, if I could speak, the experience is really what you want. That's the most important thing, by far, bar none. Experience. I knew guys who had no degree, no certification, and they were running the show. Two of my mentors, the smartest people I knew. Now, keep these guys are probably certified geniuses. (laughs) I mean, I (laughs) I came in with like three or four certifications and a degree, and these guys were running circles around me because they had a bunch of experience uh, doing DNS and doing entire networks and scanning stuff and putting stuff together from scratch and they did everything you know I was just some freaking dude who knew how to pass tests and um, I had experience but these guys like pff, experience, they had nothing except experience and they were killing it So experience is really important really really important um, the certification is really really good you know but They want that battle-hardened person. They want that that person who's got the who, who's can hit the ground running because they have hands-on experience. They've been messing around, so you can do it in your lab. Like there's really no excuse in this day and age. Is really you can literally use ChatGPT. Let me show you something. This will be my last thing I show you. I want to blow your freaking mind with this one. You have to be watching. I'll explain what I'm doing. Let me go to chat. GPT session expired what's going on here um give me a second here give me a second i don't know if it's going to let me log in something's going on something's going on okay it's not let me log in let me try something else here I don't know if Bing can do this this will be a great experience um let's see here can you do it okay let's see let's see i'm going to do this live i don't know if this is going to work okay on my what i'm doing here is i've got my book on the left that's coming out soon i have not released this it's just Cybersecurity fundamentals But what I want you to pay attention to is this little bit right here. The chat, Bing chat, which is Bing chat's pretty dope. I'm on Bing chat right now. And I'm going to say act as a Windows 95 terminal Um, when... I use the following symbol. And I'm just going to use like a little carrot. A little uh, greater than symbol. I'll use a little greater than symbol. Do you understand? All right. So now I just type in the command. I don't know if chat, uh, if being chat can do this, but we'll see. Sorry, that's on me. I can't give responses right now. What else do you have? Oh my God. Come on, Bing. Don't do this to me, man. You're embarrassing everybody, including yourself. <laughs> All right. So I can't get on. Unfortunately, I can't use Chat GPT. I don't know what's going on with it. Maybe they're getting hacked again. Um it's not allowed. Me. Oh, because it's got a time code on it. I don't know if I can. Oh man, I got freaking. Oh, i forgot about that i put in M- uh mfa anyway multi-factor authentication on there um i was going to show you how I can emulate um any system so it's a great way to train um, you can literally go on this for it's for free go on there to chat gpt and type in you can allow have it act as a terminal act as a linux terminal act as a windows 95 terminal act as a Palo Alto firewall terminal, and it will have all the commands that you would normally use on that platform, and you'll be able to just mess around with it. You could have it, like for example, I did it with Cisco. And so I said for it to emulate a Cisco terminal, a Cisco switch iOS device. When And when I type greater than symbol with a command, um respond do you understand that's what that was the prompt i used and then it'll say yes and then boom i type in the greater than sign and i said show run and it lo and behold it gives me a, a fake it hallucinates a fake router and it's it's our switch it's hallucinating the whole um config file of a switch so it's supposed to shoot out this config file and it did it shoots out this config file And it's got, like, all the IPs in there, and it looks just like a router. And then I say uh, I could do, like, a CP copy. Uh, I could back up that config file, and it'll do all the procedures that a Cisco switch will do. It's amazing. Like, it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to learn, the back end. Because your command line interface is very, very important. And I'm sure, actually, now I'm thinking about it, you could do some real cool stuff with networking, too. You could do a virtual network you could have it create a virtual network now you're not gonna see all the diagrams and stuff but you could probably do like a rudimentary ASCII diagram I bet I wish I could log into it right now but I I'm having trouble logging into chat GPT to show you maybe tomorrow All right guys that's it I've been talking for like three hours this is my, one of the longest sessions I've ever done um, I appreciate everybody who watched and thank you so much for all your questions. Appreciate everybody. I'm out of here. I'm going to really try hard to do this tomorrow um, at about one o'clock maybe, but we'll see. I get pretty busy. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Take care of yourselves and uh, have a great day.